ain't nobody got any time to do any more intros anymore. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 70 of the MTG Untapped podcast. I am your host. I am the Micah. And joining me as always, he is my friend. He is also yours. He is Costa. How are you? Ooh, pretty, pretty tired. I went and played some golf today and then I took a nap and then you had to wake me up. So Good. yeah, some of us are working. Yeah. Glad you joined the, uh, the dark side now. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we are not alone for this, the very special, everyone's favorite style of episode. We have our esteemed colleague, the Judge Supreme, um, the man with shorter hair. He is Tree. Hello. Hello. Uh, how, how, how are, how's everyone? I hope everyone's doing all right. I'm doing, doing quite all right. I'm just going to be a bit, um, a bit speaky today. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Uh, I had my friend say, he's like, wait, that guy's not actually British or something. Um, but um, all right, let's, we're going to skip the phase in because these are typically a little bit longer. We're going to jump straight into the untapped step. We're going to talk about magic that we played over the past week. And all three of us took part in the game day event hosted by Junior's Comics and Cards located in South Austin, a slaughter and man track near the HEB. Um, and we, uh, it was a like, how many people did we have? Uh, it ended up being so. What well, was she? I forgot. Eight and a it seven was eight and a seven. Yes. Yeah. Eight so and seven. 15, yeah. So we had fifteen people. Cross pot event. Four rounds, including a top eight, competing for prestigious prizes such as a. Uh, so at top, everyone got a powered kill for participating. A special promo ish, powered kill. Mm-hmm. Top eight got a foil. Really cool looking Skyclave apparition. Very much so. Uh, really sick card. I love like the that style of foiling is really good. Yes. And the winner, whoever was lucky enough to be that, achieved that <clears throat> esteemed honor. I use the word esteem a lot so far this episode. Um, got an alternate art promo, all seeing arbiter from this set. The so game days and is it is it a new thing? Because we did it for Kamigawa as well. So, this game, so game days now game days have been around for a long time they just oh. were basically abandoned for a little while it used to be you get a game day uh play mat for winning uh which is like you'll see ethan he has mm-hmm. the uh very expensive nickel bolus one and whatnot but then i think just either at COVID or just before they stopped doing it so it was war of the spark was the last uh game day uh set you know or promoted set yeah so i guess oh, it was with COVID. yeah well, that makes sense since I really got into paper magic in 2019, throwing an L drain. But uh, yeah, so that's what we did. Uh, I was in a pod with Tree. Uh, I was actually being passed to by a uh, friend of the podcast, Benny, uh, who was in town participating as well. Uh, Kosa, you were on the other side. Uh, so we weren't in all the same draft pod, but we all were in the same competitive pod. Is that the terminology we would use? Um, I'll just kick it off because I actually kept my deck together so I could talk about this. I was at an interesting conundrum to start off the draft. I opened a pack with two mythics. One was a foil angel of slaughter, the uh, 5-3 that mills yourself for twice as much damage as you take or would take because it negates the damage. Mm -hmm. And then also a halo fountain. And I was like, man, both these cards are not the kind of mythics you really want to see. 
Um, but I ended up taking the Halo Fountain because I was also making a uh, Adeline EDH deck, and it seems like it'd be a pretty good card in that deck. Um, and then from there, I picked everyone's favorite Mythic Common, Inspiring Overseer. And then after that, I picked a Quaza, Augur of Agonies. And I just went into Esper. Well, I was basically Azorius. I was splashing black for that Quaza, also a Syndicate Infiltrator, as well as a Shattered Seraph. Um, and as you'll see, uh, probably heavily emphasized throughout this episode, um, blue-white's where you want to be. And uh, so uh, I don't want to give spoilers away. How did uh, your decks, what kind of decks did y'all draft this event? Kosa, you first. Uh, so I ended up going blue-black. I wasn't really thrilled to start off with it, but uh, I think pack one, pick one was uh, Dust Mangler. Um, into pack two, I got past the Grave Shift. And so I was just like, you know what? I haven't played with this card. Micah keeps telling me that this card is really good. Not that it, I don't think it's not good. I just, I'm not, I'm still not sold that that card has beat me. Uh, if I had to feel like that card beat me in my own deck. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I just ended up in blue black, just trying something new. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't give myself, uh, I won't, well, I, I'll, I'll spoil it for myself. Uh, basically, I played the first game. It was really grindy. It was good, but I ended up losing uh, just a, a magical top deck. Uh, where my opponent had nothing left, but he had a treasure and another card and got to fly over with Majestic uh, Metamorphosis. Uh, and then game two, I really forgot what happened, but I just was like, I'm really bored of this deck. And because our pod, uh, because there was always going to be a buy anyway, I was like, I'm going to drop. So I ended up only playing two games and then I dropped in the four rounds. But um, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with Blue Black. Um yeah, it was very, it was, I felt really bored. I, I definitely like being white for sure. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, I can, I can feel you liking being white, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, for me, uh, I think I drafted some sort of bant. Um, I've got the, I had, I tried to be a base green white, but I ended up getting quite a bit of blue cards and, I faced Benny, our friend Benny, in the first round. Um, I beat him before he played his Elspeth. Well, he played it, but then he, he died anyways. But he did uh, get me a couple times with the depopulate. But uh, over and I think I was just fairly aggressive. I didn't think I didn't feel like I was aggressive enough, but like just just good value cards and um, flying beatdowns as well. It was Citizen Tribal, I think. Yeah. Um, round two, I played uh, Machete. Um, and he beat me. He had his uh, Cabaret T Ascendancy and just uh, drew like 10 cards on top of me and I couldn't keep up. Um, but it, it was, if it was very, they were all very grindy and, and that seems to be like a very good indicator of, you know, having a well-drafted deck uh, on both sides. Um, and then I played against um, the Bolt-Headed Shaver, round three, I believe, and... Um, he just got color screwed, uh, but you know he was he got he was greedy. So you know he was playing four colors. <laughs> so I mean, if he, you don't draw one of your colors or don't have that, and and you're depending on that color, then you know it is kind of greedy. But um, and then on the the cut round, uh, the top eight cut round, um, when I uh, got in there, it was a uh, what do you call it? Oh, we just I split it with Ethan. 
but uh, I kind of just overrun his his deck. I had the bigger beaches, and he was more, the aggressive gruel deck. But yeah, I believe yeah, grinding is good in this format. Well, all right. To get to my results, um, um, so I won the event, and I'm convinced that the deck I played Friday night was the best deck I've like ever played in a game of limit. Maybe even paper. I don't know. That might be an ambitious thing to say, but it just felt so nice to play. Even though like a lot of the games. So round one, I played against friend of the podcast Chris Donnell. In our Esper Mirror, I won in three. All the games were like super grindy, uh, and it's like it came really down to like making tight decisions, um, getting a little bit lucky on what cards you were top decking in that situation. But eventually, I was able to get there based on the fact that I was able to get my flyers down and uh, keep his out of the way. But then, and then round two, I played. Who did I play round two? Uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Oh, I played Jessup. Um, that was the first time after playing uh, Jessup. He was playing uh, some sort of like, was it Cabaretti or is it just white green? I don't know. He's playing Rocks Pummelers. And he got me to one a few times. But that's when Halo found proved that it's not a meme. It's actually a very good limited card. Being able to attack in with my flyers, untap them uh, to make one once. So I just use a chump block. And, uh, and also protect myself because like sometimes you get you might need to chump with a flyer. You never know. Also using it to draw cards. Also, the interaction between Halo Fountain and Rumor Gatherer is very nice. Very nice indeed. Uh, I was able to use that to cycle more cards. I had some fairy vandals, draw those cards, pump those up uh, before damage happens. It was a lot of synergy going on. And I feel like most games in this format devolve into sort of mid-range tempo battles. And so it's not like, all right, whose deck has the most synergy or whatever. I feel like my deck actually had quite a bit of it. Uh, not on purpose, though. It happened entirely by accident. Um, and then round three, I'm really struggling to come up. I know who I played in top eight, because how can you forget that? Um, who did I play round three? Oh. This is going to drive me bananas. Do either of y'all know? Well, well, start saying names of people who went out there last on Friday. I can't even remember. It wasn't Tree, because Tree didn't mention my name. It wasn't Costa, because Costa t um, bit the proverbial bullet for the team. That's not how the saying goes. Play Henry? You know what it... No, it wasn't Henry. Henry, wasn't, Henry was late, because Costa and Shaver are the ones running it through round one, too. Um, really, I was, but I'll let Shaver, yeah. you know. Shaver was, the, Shaver was your screamer. Yeah. Was it Christian, the, the long-haired dude? Oh, yeah, wait, was. no, it was... Uh, Wait, long-haired dude. Oh, yeah, no, Patrick. Or Patrick. 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 I played Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Patrick. And another Esper mirror. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, it was, that was a bunch of good grinding games, but I took that one in two. I should say I took two, took it in two against Jessup as well. And then in uh, top eight, I played against the uh, good old Shaver. And uh, my deck was like out-tempoed very... Uh, like he had some, he had some bombs. Like he had a not Thrag Tusk Workshop War Chief. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a uh, and I just have like like that card's like that would be that should be a house, but it's like you can turn it into a legitimate business person. You can send it to sleep with the fishes. And it's like just like I very solid answers and flying is a broken mechanic <laughs> in Magic the Gathering. And so um I was very proud of my deck. I don't know how I was able to draft it. 
but uh i was like it played extremely nicely and if it was even though it was like one of the last events i'm gonna do and limited in this format it was very formative of like what a lot of my opinions are going to be today <laughs> um so yeah uh, i think that'll do it for the untapped step and so let's move on to the newest segment on this podcast and that is underplayed edh cards prerequisite being under five percent on edh rec so this week it is tree's turn to share some juicy goodness tree what do you got so I have uh, for the underplayed EDH card this week is Master of Cruelty. I had to look this one up. It was like just under 4%, I think 3% of played decks. And Master of Cruelty is a red, black, and 3 for a 1-4 first strike death touch. Whenever it attacks alone, if it's unblocked, um, it's, it, de- it sets the... When it deals combat damage, it makes that player's life total become 1. And uh, I think... That is a phenomenal card that I have forgotten completely about, but it is it it will win games for you, but very seriously underplayed. But yeah, interesting. Sorry, I'm uh, typing in the background here. I'm actually (laughs) I'm actually surprised that card was under three percent to be honest, because that seems very much like a I mean it's a demon uh, with a a pseudo alternate win condition. So I'm actually kind of surprised. That's a good call. as far as EDH cards go. Yeah, because I, I really thought a lot of people would be playing that card. So, When your opponent starts at 40 life, it's a good way to get it down really quick. You know what? Uh, maybe I should save this card. You know what? Hold on. Uh, and now, uh, we'll, we'll save it for another time. Actually, you know what? No, we got we got like right. two well, you're, I'm next week. You're in the week after. No, but I don't know if this card is actually played enough in EDH. If it, if it, if it is, then I'll go ahead and just talk to say it now. But if it's not, then I'll save it. It is 2% of decks. Cool. We can save it for another time. Anyways. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get on to the main attraction of the week. We are doing our Run It Back episode for Streets of New Capenna where we go over what we think are the best cards in all the colors and uh, commons and uncommons because no rares, mythics, typically pretty good. But the meat and potatoes of what make up your draft deck that will determine whether you are successful or unsuccessful on a consistent basis are the commons and uncommons in your deck. So we'll be going through... uh, I believe I was the defending champion in the primer episode. Am I, is that correct? So that's an accurate thing I just said, or am I lying? That is, and so therefore you're the only defending champion. All right, so as the defending champion, that means I'll be going first. We'll be going through commons and Wooburg, and then talking about some multicolored ones at the end. And then the same thing for uncommons, going through two each in the colors. And then uh, I think we originally we said four, but coast and i both apparently have five listed so you know let's do it um so let's kick things off with the white uh tree will be our supreme judge yet again for this set it'll be me versus costa uh samson has conceded um we hope to get him back soon um so uh i'll start things off with white commons and number one it's inspiring over here the card's bananas it's it's dumb it's so dumb mythic common totally it's like it flies it's enough to give it the the rating in its own it could be a zero zero flyer and it would still be the top common in white um it draws you a card gains you a life has two power what else can you say inspiring over sir and it has like 
just a lot of fun stuff going on in the set. After that is a card that really just every time I played against it or played with it and just constantly got better. And as actually has part of what I think is one of the more important things in this set. And that's Rafine's informant, the two one that connives when it enters the battlefield. I think the ability is to cycle through your deck and see more cards than your opponent, even if it's not necessarily card advantage. Um, it's just really important. Like if I keep two lands, but I have like Rafine's informant or some other card that allows me to see another card, I feel so much better about hitting my land drops. And uh, my esteemed opponent has said on air that hitting your land drops on uh, turns one, two, three, four, maybe even five or six is really, really important in this format. And so uh, Rafine's informant, like it's you like look at it and it's like, oh, that's not super exciting, but I feel like it plays a very important role. There are a few drawing cards, like it synergizes well with Quasar or Fairy Vandal. But I just think a two drop that'll help you hit your land drops and just like dig deeper for your tempo spells, your removal spells, etc., is very important. Next up, I have Skycrier. Two drops are very important in this format. Skycrier also has an ability that allows you to see more cards. Four mana, each player draws a card. And you can activate on your opponent's end step. And uh, so you get access to the card before your opponent, which are a lot of white cards. I'm running out of breath, guys. Can you all tell? Oh my gosh. But yeah, Skycrier is like, it fits really nicely in that two drop slot. It allows you to see more of your deck. And it if you can pump it up at all with other cards, it... Um, it plays very nicely because it's flying and lifelink. And I feel like I've said enough about flying. Uh, speaking of flying, uh, my last white common is speak easy server five mana, three, three that gains you a life for each other creature. You can draw whenever it enters the battlefield. Uh, it's really nice curve topper flying's bananas. I can't, I can't keep saying that guys just can't keep saying that, but life gain is kind of important when the grinder matches. Like I got down to one a lot. This card, let me claw back in, uh, stabilize and, Flying is a very good finisher. And those are my top four commons for white. Kosa, you are up. Yeah, so I don't know if you gave your list last time, but I'll go ahead and give mine. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, so uh, last time I had Inspiring Overseer. Uh, sorry, Kill Shot, Hold for Ransom, Celebrity Fencer. Uh, for today's, uh, I have Inspiring Overseer, Rafine's Informant, Backup Agent, and Speakeasy Server. So really don't have to say much uh, different than what Micah said. I mean, Inspiring Overseer. Everyone knew this card was great. I'm still at the firm belief that I love this card more than anyone did at first sight. Because again, I love Flyers. Uh, oh, sorry, I love uh, any white cards that cycle themselves. And this happened to be a 2-1 Flyer that gains life. So whatever. No secret there. Rafine's informant, same thing. Two drop, gets a curve, yada, yada, yada. Speakeasy server, 3-3 three, three flyer, gains life, super relevant, and 3-3 three, three flyers are beaters. So um, the difference for us is Skycar over backup agents. Um, backup agent, I think, is... Uh, so I've seen a lot more Skycar's wheel, so that's the first argument I'm going to use as far as why I actually... I mean, Skycar is pretty high on my list. It's a lifelinker uh, flyer. The backup agent for me is the thing that makes the Skycriers like infinitely better, or even my inspiring overseers better. Um, and because of the format the way it is, um, you know, you want to be base wide as much as you can. Brokers is really good, and Brokers deals a lot with counters. And so this gets to put it on a creature, um, typically your flyers, but you can basically suit up anything and combine it with things like the um, 
regulators and stuff like that to tap things down. I just think backup agent has been pretty niche in that area. Um, I don't actually know what the 17 lands backup agent versus scry car is, but um, in any case, I just think that that card turning one of your creatures bigger. And the nice thing about backup agent too, is like uh, it's usually fodder for something. Um, You know, if you're base blue, white, then things like rooftop nuisance and uh, uh, what is it? A little chat, whatever. It's like the stuff you can use to keep fueling the rest of your cards. So those are my four. Great, great uh, four. Yes. Real quick, Tree, before you continue on, I should probably just share my prior list, which was uh, Inspiring Overseer, Hold for Ransom, Celebrity Fence, Server Fiend's Guidance, 75% of which we're not talking about because you don't need to. My apologies, esteemed judge. Please carry on. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not going to bother with my list. It's very similar to, to one of your lists back there. But anyways... Uh, I like the changes. I really love the changes uh, that everyone's had. Everyone's got a very similar, um, at least three out of four. My list uh, for the run it back is Inspiring Overseer, Backup Ancient, Rafine's Informant, and Hold for Ransom. Um, I still like that card. At least I want to have it uh, noted that it is a very, it's still a very good card to have um, just to hold off a creature for a, ter- for a couple turns or something like that. But uh, I'm not at being judged here because I am the judge E or the judge in this case here. Um, and as Costa's list lines up a little bit more closely with mine, uh, Costa gets the point here. I do like the backup agent uh, because it's it's a I feel like it's a lot more versatile than the Sky Crier um, because you can the the plus one plus one counter being uh, a key a counter is just being a key element in the blue white theme or the broker's theme. Um, and there's a lot of uh, cars that care about counters and being able to have a car that actually gets that counter on something doesn't matter what just anything is going to be very important in this format that's what i've got all i've got to say so mike uh, your your opinion on hold for ransom i feel like if i'm playing it or if i'm if i'm in white i'm usually want to be blue white x mm-hmm. at which point i'd rather run my like third or fourth Rooftop Nuisance or Majestic Metamorphosis over my first hold for Ransom. Wait, how many Majestic? I'd rather, I'd, I'd run as many as I can before I run my first hold for Ransom. All right. So I, oh, in, this is. I just, I, I, I get, I get, uh, like, I, I, I entirely comprehend in my head. It's like, it's not just straight up pacifism or arrest or whatever. It's more of like, all right, locking that down. That creature can't do anything for a few turns. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to keep going in it's like much like you describe it as a tempo card i'm like okay yeah, yeah that makes sense if, if i'm thinking of it as a tempo card i feel like there are better tempo cards i'd rather have those so they're, more often they're, not. they're better tempo cards i guess my question first of all if you end up with like three nuisances then you're in a very nice set because i've never ran mm-hmm. into an i never ran into a situation where that happened so i guess looking at the situation how the format's played out your your first hold for ransom versus okay fine you got majestic but um i mean kill shot are you are you is it is kill shot still better for you than hold for ransom and i only ask this because like this is something where that like hold for ransom could have made it on my list too uh, but for the same reason, I they, they wheel because uh, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are kind of in the same track. So I'm kind of trying to hear your reasoning on 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 why that is. I think I hold for ransom would be over kill shot. 
because I was about to say, I'm like, I'm not really blocking anyway. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, I still think it is a better tempo card than kill shot. Also, I don't want to have so much going on at three mana. Right. Um, that I, so I take hold for ransom would probably be the best white removal spell. Um, possibly at both rarities. Yeah, I, I only, uh, well, um, that the the one other one's pretty good too. The four damage, two light, or other way around, whatever the hell. Knockout blow, knockout blow is great. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was, I, but I, I still, yeah, I, was, I, still I never, I, 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 ransom. I never got to play with that card. Actually, I don't think. Uh, I so neither. That's why, that's why it skipped my mind. Um, but yeah, so that that's true. And plus, you know, instant speeds. Really the thing about um, kill shot versus hold for ransom is kill shot is dependent on your opponent. If your opponent never attacks, you don't get to use it, and they they know you have kill shot, they can sniff it out. You, your kill shot value goes way down. Um, whereas with hold for ransom, you're in control of what you want to remove. Uh, more more so, if that makes well, sense. Well, the thing and the thing that I was going to add to this, just for the listeners, is like you have to really think about the whole tempo play, and it's not just the tempo of locking something down and attacking. It's also the tempo play that they spent seven mana to give you a card, and a lot of times that's ended up in my favor, where they spent seven mana, they unlocked their creature, they've attacked, you know, or whatever, right? And then I just okay, you wasted your turn and time walk now. There's been cases where they've held for ransom or they paid the seven mana and they kill me, but I feel like they could have drawn anything anyway. So like at that point, like not that it didn't matter and it, it gives them out, but I think in more cases than not, especially in blue white tempo in specific, it's like pretty necessary for that card. But anyways, let's, I just wanted to ask. So one final feel bad is them sacking the creature. You just hold for ransom to their own rooftop nuisance. Yeah, but I, I, mean, no, that's kind of the, really I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's going to be in any, I mean, you could lock it down with a Jura Spar or a Spara Adjudicators, whatever. You know, there's like a lot of things that can happen that way too, but I get what you're saying. You only wasted two I, mana though. You only wasted two mana. And I'm pretty sure I did send you a deck coaster where I had like three rooftop nuisance and I was like, oh yeah, I flooded like two out of the first three games I played. But um, yeah, so right. one damage marked on your champion. Um uh, which means uh, Costa is up with the blue commons. All right. Uh, so my list last time, uh, Echo Inspector, followed by Rooftop Nuisance, Expendable Lackey, Majestic Metamorphosis. Uh, today I have Rooftop Nuisance, Echo Inspector, Expendable Lackey, and Majestic Metamorphosis. Wow. I didn't even realize that I only switched two cards. So anyways, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we just talked about Rooftop Nuisance. Um very nice tempo play. The fact that it draws you cards is really great. Um, pairs well with Expendable Lackey, and you end up in blue where you just have a lot of disposable creatures. Um, you have the Backstreet Boys where it stops like everything that they're doing uh, in the beginning, and then later on you're like, okay, now I'm going to cycle it for two cards essentially, uh, lock their stuff down, attack. So Rooftop Nuisance, great. I mean, it, like if it was that instant, this card it would honestly at an instant this card would compete with overseer it wouldn't be better but it would compete pretty hard with it uh echo inspector two three flyer is great uh what's even better is a three four and yes you know you do have to pitch gas but the thing is a three four body is just so relevant in this format uh it stops virtually everything and it demands a card in, in most cases um it just I feel like it tends to play defense more than offense, and I'm really okay with that because when you can start getting in with it, like I said, three damage is a, is a beater. Expendable Lackey just fits so many different archetypes. Uh, even at its worst, it uh, you know being a one one, it turns into a fish. Um, so at the very least, you're getting two bodies to feed 
casualties, everything else. Uh, it just it's a very nimble, low drop card that you need in this format. And then, but just a metamorphosis played out about as exactly as I said last time when I tried to sell y'all on it and and you know comparing it to suit up. Um, the even the better part about this card is. It turns an uh, artifact into a 4-4, which I lost to uh, <laughs> on Friday. So, uh, again, it's a removal card or a removal spell with a cantrip on it. Um, and a lot of times you just suit this up on something and win, or you blow them out with a blocker, or et cetera, et cetera. So, that's my list. Off to you, Micah. All righty. Uh, my former list, uh, starting from the bottom up, I had like run out of town, four mana spell then echo inspector rooftop nuisance and <coughs> security bypass um this list is now uh, number one i have rooftop nuisance number two i have majestic metamorphosis number three i have echo inspector and number four i have expendable lackey where have y'all heard all those card names were oh costa just talked about them uh rooftop nuisance in my i think in, or, inspiring overseer is the best common uh, spoilers. Uh, I think rooftop nuisance might be my favorite. Just because I feel like every time I play it, I feel like I feel like dirty and giddy, and I was like, "Ooh, this is fun." Um, then majestic metamorphosis. Obviously, I was not high on suit up in the last set like Costa, uh, but uh, I really there's like so funny like you have like crowbar or whatever, and then you play this. Like my equipment is now a creature, and I block and kill your creature. Draw a card. Uh, it feels very nice. It's also a really strong finisher. If you have any other creatures with uh, counters on them, that's where you get in. Uh, Echo Inspector. Uh, I told you a lot of opinions I had on Informant. I think just like really digging through your deck is kind of important as well. And uh, Echo Inspector, if you need a 3-4 flyer, you can get a 3-4 flyer. If you're just trying to dig to avoid flooding, you can do that too. Uh, and I feel like it has more uh, versatility than when you first look at it. And then finally, Expendable Lackey. Um, Sacking's a big thing in this set, and this thing sacks very well. What else do you need to say? Uh, yeah, and that's my list. Tree! Yes, yes. Uh, very great lists. Um, I want to bring to light, uh, so basically, you've got both the same list. Mine's basically the same list. I just have one extra card because I just wanted to bring to light uh, this card. Um, so, Broker's Veteran is the premier two-drop in the blue. Um, that is the 2-1 that gives a shield counter when it dies. And um, don't feel bad for picking this card up because this is a, a great card to have. Um, other, like, other than that, the rest of the cards that are listed uh, in the top four for Micro and Costa, those are phenomenal cards. Um, as for who gets this point, it will be Costa again because I do highly... I value the creatures over the pump spell. I want to have the creatures first and then I can consider the pump spells. Uh, in Majestic Metamorphosis, and that's how Kosa has it laid out. Echo Inspector, then Lackey, and then the Metamorphosis. Um, so, sorry, Micah. Kosa gets another point here. <clears throat> I'd like to request a recount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, going back to your point about the Broker's Veteran, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. So, <laughs> what's really funny about um, Broker's Veteran is I I really, the card is good. And for the same reasons that we kind of brought up about expendable lackey, um, it is fodder. Uh, there's a card though, that I actually think is better than brokers, uh, veteran at the two drop slot and it's make disappear. That card has overperformed for me in the same way, because you have lackey. And so you're sacrificing 
the lackey to casualty to make sure that they can't pay for the four. Now in the late, late game, it's terrible, but I mean, in the late, late game, it doesn't really matter. Like that card, that card is overperformed for me. Um, but I also know the way you play tree that you will tend to use things like brokers veteran and a lot of like, it's a combat trick in itself, right? Cause you can like casualty it to put the shield counter on the creature, save your creature, get the value off of it. Like you play that nuance of deck pretty high. Uh, but make disappear is very, is a very solid two drop. The only problem is it's not a creature, right? But, um, in, in this format, there's not a lot of instant speed, which is really interesting, uh, like relevant instant speed. So you really have to line it. And that's why actually even more so expendable Locky is very strong is because you go turn one Locky into turn two holding up the make disappear and you have a really good follow up with it. Right. So anyways, uh, just thought I'd bring up make disappear for sure. Any further uh, comments? Also thing, uh, make disappear, um, two times I cast it, uh, results into my opponent conceding. Um, so that's pretty, Ooh, uh, that that's not, that's not text written on the card. <laughs> But um, felt inclined yeah, to do it. <laughs> I'm not, I won't say which opponent. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, they're obviously cheating, but you know, uh, this is a, a story of perseverance. So uh, we will be moving on to Black Commons, and Costa will start us off. Yeah, it sounds like my golf game today. I started uh, nine and then seven and persevered, and back and I shot a 43 instead of a 55 again on the front. So, anyways. Uh, Black Commons last time. Uh, number one, I had uh, Murder, followed by uh, Maestro's Initiate, Midnight Assassin, and Gerdragoons. Today for you, I have a number one, Gerdragoons, followed by Deal Gone Bad, Cor- uh, Corrupt Court Official, and Crooked Custodian. Uh, so Gerdragoons is an amazing replacement. It's a 4-4 with the, uh, I want to call it the Berserk, but it's not Berserk. It's the um, Blitz. Blitz, thank you. The Blitz mechanic, uh, a lot of times this card is blitzing to replace itself, like to deal four damage, make a 2-2 draw card. A lot of times it's also great just as a 4-4 body, um, and then it dies and it replaces itself. So Gertagoons is just is really, really good. Uh, deal gone bad. Um, you know, it's funny uh, that I don't have murder on here because I feel like deal gone bad has dealt with the creatures that I actually need to deal with, most of them being creatures with shield counters. Um, and also, it I feel like in a lot of ways, it makes combat a little more tricky. Um, it just also has the added effect that you can mill your opponent or you mill yourself, and depending on what deck you're in, uh, that's a pretty big deal. Because, you know, if you have, you know, five CMC different cards matters, then it feeds that very, very well. Uh, Krupp. Court official, um, again, go back to the two drops. Uh, it, you know, they're down a card. You have a 1 1 body that normally doesn't do anything, but because you're in black, means that you're seeing more casualty and uh, works really well with that. Also, in the black red sacrifice deck, it's just another piece of fodder that you do not mind getting rid of. And then Cricket Custodian, another two drop. Uh, it is does come in tap, but a 3 2 beater, a lot of times just it puts in the work. It does get brick walled by things like Rafine's Informant and things like that. But honestly, um, you're pretty much happy with getting in with Custodian at any point that you can. And honestly, this card blocks really well. It doesn't block well the turn it comes in, but it ends up putting up a little bit of a fight on the way back, um, which I've done a lot with that card, and it's stabilized me pretty well. So those are my four. All righty. Next up is me. Uh, number one. Oh wait, I should go my previous list, shouldn't I? 
for me, uh, I had number one, murder. Number two, dig up the body. Number three, corrupt court official. And number four, deal gone bad. Uh, quite a bit of change. Number one is now a deal gone bad. Uh, I had talked to Costa. I was like, man, I feel kind of weird. I feel like I should put deal gone bad over murder for my top black common. Um, Costa mentioned a lot of points. Uh, another point I like to mention, I feel like deal gone bad is a much more easier card to splash. If I'm like base, uh, like blue, white, and I had a deal gone bad, I probably would have played that in my deck. I did draft a murder, but I did not splash it because, you know, two black pips makes it hard to splash. Um, uh, but yeah, all the reasons Costa said it deals with shield counter creatures better. Uh, plays more nicely in combat. And uh, you can get an uh, incidental mill value. Number two is still murder, though, because murder still murders things in the way only murder does. Um, number three, I have girder goons for reasons Costa said. I feel like it's the most uh, high-value black creature, I think, um, and more impactful in the grindier games. And then last one, I have Midnight Assassin because flying, and then also death. It's like your opponent plays a Midnight Assassin. It's just like such a pain to attack into. Um, so I have Midnight Assassin rounding out my black commons. Treat! Very interesting <clears throat> set here. I think I think all of us had murder on our on our top common list, correct? On the primer. Yes, yeah, on the primer, all, yeah, on the primer all of us had sure. murder. Mm -hmm. Um and I really yeah, the shield counters ha were I think a lot of us, uh, me at least at least me undervalued the shield counters. And so the shield counters are are very very good um and so the deal gone bad makes so much more sense here um and you know i didn't have it on on my list i had um murder quick against custodian corrupt court official and i do want to bring to light maestro's initiate this is a great uh next pointer here it is a three one for three that lets you, you know it's, it's a great blocker and if you if it, it it will beat down if there's no blockers for uh, against it and then later on, um, you can sack it to fodder for any casualty effects. Um, it sacks really well for any any casualty effects that, especially the casualty two effects. Um, and also, you know, it loots later on in the game, so you can throw away your filter away your lands. Um, but I, I do want to bring it to note to that card at least, even though it's not on either of these contestants' uh, top four list. But. Um, <sighs> There is so let's see, Gerda Goons. I don't have it. Um, quick, you have the two here, and then there's two here. But I think because Deal Gone Bad and Murder are both running around and they're both commons, um, they're more interchangeable. So you really only need to have one. And because of shield counters, I would like to have Deal Gone Bad over the Murder. Um, and so I'm gonna have to give this one to Costa again. Um, I like the the two drop slots. I like the Gerda goons and just having one removal spell here um, on the top four list. Uh, just having solid creatures that affect the board quite well um, over. I mean, uh, over the the extra removal spell in the top four, you know. So that's just my argument there. Sorry, Micah. No, you're not. I find it funny that that Micah is the one that ultimately convinced me. Uh, in a roundabout way to remove murder off my list because I, I still don't think the double block splash is an issue. I think it's more so about 
at three mana and it deals with everything, but the things that at three mana, and it's funny because deal gone bad is at four, but the thing is I've ended up in a lot of places where the shield counter is like, I need that card dead. So I'm still sacrificing two yeah. creatures or I'm sacrificing two cards for one. Right. Um, I'm still, I'm not, I'm obviously a little bit higher on shield counters than I was before. Uh, but I'm still in the opinion that I, I shield counters matter, but they matter more so to the synergy of someone's deck rather than dealing with it. But that being said, deal gone bad is wise because it eliminates a lot of times the shield counters. Like the biggest problem is uh, going back to trees card with um, brokers veteran where it's putting like a shield counter on, you know, a four or five or something like that, where it's like, okay, now this is out of range and that's a lot harder to deal with, but that rarely happens um, in my drafts. So there's going to be a very important card later on uh, that deal gone bad specifically deals with. Uh, I just want to say that uh, I was high on shield encounters. Like I, I voice a little, like I wasn't supremely confident in the way that I voice it on air when we did the primer, but I, y'all heard me say, it's like, it just reads me like two for one, your opponent. And so I feel like your boy was kind of high, but apparently I suck at my knowledge of this because tree won't give me any points. The rat bastard. Um, but uh, I'm not salty. I'm not salty. I, this guy, I, I was about to say, look at me, but this is a podcast. I'm not salty. Um, moving on to red. Oh, this is going to be a great one. Tree or not a tree. Shut up tree. Kosa, you're the one that talks. Yeah, so last time, uh, number one had Sticky Fingers, followed by Witty Roastmaster, Strangle, and Big Score. Uh, my list today, I have Strangle at number one, followed by Mayhem Patrol, Goldhound, and Plasma Jockey. Um, so both Samson and I took a gamble on Sticky Fingers. It did not pan out the way we wanted to, which is rather sad. Um, it's that for a lot of reasons, because I feel like this card really still does have a lot of potential, but it just ended up being something where the menace nor the gold really mattered. Um, and that's partially due to the gold or sorry, the treasure, excuse me. Um, it just wasn't making as many things as I thought it was. Like I thought this format was really going to be young, knew how high I was on Cabaretti. And so, um, you know, the, uh, stimulus package, making creatures that way just didn't end up being the thing. Um, and so, uh, and the same thing with Woody Roastmaster. Really sad that that card did not pan out the way I wanted to. I still think it's fine. It's a 3-2. Uh, you get a lot of um, extra value from creatures ETBing. But again, it just didn't... Uh, I still actually have pretty good success with Cabaretti, despite uh, like with LR and some of the other guys. Uh, a lot of people are really down on red-green. I've had pretty good success with it, but um, I'm just not seeing those value... I'm not valuing those cards as high, so I'm not ending up in red in particular um so going back to my list strangle very efficient one mana deals three damage to target creature um it's only downfalls it's at sorcery speed and even then you really want the high efficiency of playing multiple spells uh mayhem mayhem patrol uh i've watched micah time and time again cycle this little guy uh to get cards um he's dealing damage he's a two drop he has menace cards really 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 good uh for red it's probably uh it if Strangle wasn't so efficient, uh, I mean, I, this is the most important creature to me, though, in red. And it's followed by Goldhound, uh, one drop that has Menace, First Strike, ramps you. Uh, this card is actually really overperformed. Um, it's funny how this card almost is, like, splashable. You really shouldn't be splashing this card, but the fact that it, it can fix, and if you need low drops, it just plays into that really well. Pump it up, suit it up, whatever cards really menacing and then plasma jockey 
kind of the same thing as like the mayhem patrol strategy you know blitzing it comes into play a lot of times and so like take away their best blocker get in some damage draw a card or if you just leave it on the field it continues to like you know tap quote unquote tap down their best blocker um and so that's my four all righty next up is me uh my prior list i had a witty gross master at one strangle at two exhibition magician at three and then light them up at four now we have strangle at one the uh, premium red common single mana removes most things as very just efficient sorcery speed sucks like costa said but for single mana what could you really ask for in a game of limited uh number two See, this is where you got to pick me, Tree. Costa gets to talk about my pet cards before I do, and that's not fair. Uh, Mayhem Patrol, I love this card. It just reads to me as like a really weird like modal spell. It's like either two mana, deal two damage, draw a card on your next end step. Or it's like like attacking with this and like putting the one on a, like a different creature. It's like, are they really going to waste their two blockers to kill my one two when this other thing's getting in for more damage? However, if they block that thing, it could probably uh, lead to more profitable trades for me. And so, like, Mayhem Patrol has a lot more versatility than you when you first look at it. It's like, oh, it's a 2-2 mana set. Only has two power whenever it attacks or whatever. But it's like, nope, that card is very good. Uh, I still have Witty Roastmaster at three. Uh, it's not the build around that I thought it would be. But in the grindier games, it the, like, just incidental damage you get from playing a Witty Roastmaster in your deck can help you uh, close those games out. Like, uh, three mana, three, two is fine. Blocks well. But, like, three mana, three, two, that will deal two, three, four, sometimes even like five damage um, throughout the course of a game. Uh, still represents good value, I think. Yeah, really in the grindier, uh, due to the grindier nature of this format. And then rounding it out is a uh, gold hound. If I have anything that's kind of big mana, or if I'm like red, don't really know where I'm splashing into uh, while I'm drafting, gold hounds is just like a real smooth way of smoothing that out. It also wields a lot of stuff. Like putting a crowbar on this boy is very nice. Putting counters on this boy is very nice. And also there's the, um, whoa, what's the synergy? Uh, is if, cause he's a treasure. You talking about the Voracious Pyromancer or whatever, the, the uncommon? Fire Sledge Arsonist. Is that yeah, you can, or you, can, you can sack him to do that. There's another sin. Oh, well, I'm uh, blanking on it. I just remember. The, the one that sacks the treasure gets plus 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 counter. No, um, uh, you, Tree, you've heard all our arguments. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this card. I can't. I, it's gonna be bugging me for the rest of the podcast if I don't find it. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Okay. I guess I'll, I'll continue while you look, um, <clears throat> for that card that's bugging you. Um. Uh. Great arguments for both your list. It's a very similar list. The only difference is the plasma jockey versus the witty roast master. Um. For me, I'd like to bring to light. Um. Uh, I know that uh, Micah had already brought up the Exhibition Magician um, on his first pick, and he kicked that off. But I find I think it's also um, in a world where Alliance would work, this is is a phenomenal card. But still, um, it is a two one. Uh, it's a three mana. It gets two bodies, and one of them is a citizen. That's very important. Or it gets a treasure, and that could also be important. And then anything that like works any of those, it's going to be very important for that. Um, also want to point out that in the world of flyers, in this format, wrecking, wrecking crew is your friends. Um, get that reach, get that trample, get that big booty. 
um, you're going to want to, if you need to deal with flyers, uh, and you know you need to deal with flyers, um, pick this up if you're in red. Um, as for the the contestants, unfortunately, in this format, Witty Roast, Roast Master hasn't has very much underperformed for me. Um, like the grinding aspect of it is is fine, but it hasn't made too much of an impact, or hasn't um, it hasn't really impacted my games too much. Um, although it is a card you do have to deal with. Um, I do like the Plasma Jockey a bit better than that. Uh, oops. Um, and then, so again, Costa getting the win here. I like Plasma Jockey a lot better because I have seen it, you know, you be used like three Plasma Jockeys just makes all the black blo all my blockers just useless. Three Plasma Jockeys, I've never even seen one. But I found the card. Um, body Dropper. You can sack your Gold Hound at instant speed to its own ability, and that triggers your Body Droppers. I just wanted to put, throw that out there, because I, I was like, yeah, that's oh, cool. that's funny. Uh, but yeah. I, uh, the, uh, I, I thought a lot of, uh, for a long time about the uh, Wrecking Crew on my list. The, the thing that came to mind is, I think, yes, like in this format, obviously a lot of flyers and in red, that's what you want to do. I just felt like if you were, if you were in red and behind specifically red green, where it's the best at, that's like, that's where it's going to shine. Right. But in any other color, like maestros, um, sorry, uh, cabaretti and, uh, Riveteers, I felt like you did not want to be in that position per se. Like I, I, like you didn't want to be on the back foot relying on wrecking crew because with the flyers usually comes like spar adjudicators or hold for ransom, things like that, yeah. where it locks it down. And so, but I do agree that like that card, like, I mean, it does save me a lot of times. It just feels like also it just stops the inevitable of like dying to yeah. freaking brokers. Ugh, it's so yeah. So I was going to say basically the same thing. The flat the decks that like play a lot of flyers, they just don't care about it. They turn into a legitimate business person, sleep with the fishes, hold for ransom it, um, tap it down with the celestial regulators. Um, what's the other one you said, Costa? Uh, Spar adjudicator it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Spar adjudicator. Um, they, they just have so many tools to get around it that I was like. And I'm really sad about the expedition, uh, exhibition magician. Like, actually, like, like, I like this card is actually amazing in, in any of the Cabaretti Alliance stuff. It just like that's where it fits the best because I, I don't know about y'all, but for me, a lot of times I find myself making the treasure more than I'm making the citizen and because mm -hmm. it's like in the green white, like you'll get lucky every once in a while. Like you'll have like darling, maybe you'll have uh jet mirror himself or whatever. But unless you have those cards specifically, you're like using the treasure to like double spell into like river tears or something, which is fine. It's just not like what you really wanted to do with the card. I feel like in, in most cases, but alrighty, should we move on to green? Mr. Micah? Yes, please. Yeah, let's get this farce over with. <laughs> Dude, there's a whole half, man. There's a whole half. All right. So starting at green with my picks from last time. Uh, last time at number one, Jewel Thief, followed by Prize Fight, Warm Welcome, and Attended Socialite. Uh, today, I still have Jewel Thief at number one, but that's followed by Chaldea, Strongarm, High Rise Sawjack, and Rocks Pummeler. Um, so Jewel Thief, I think... Uh, I think Mike and I are like an agreement here that it might be, I don't know where you are. Are you at number two or number one still for you? Cause I know you were really high on. 
Oh, no. Like, I was like, it was kind of close. I thought it might be number one early on, but it's number two. Okay, right. So, yeah, we're, we're at number two. We're number two, but it's, it's still really, yeah, yeah. I mean, Overseer, we, we can spend a whole segment on, on what the hell happened with Overseer. But anyways, yeah, so it's number two common. Um, really awesome creature. Just amazing. Um, Price fight did not pan out the way any of us, I think, wanted it to. I think we thought, again, treasures were going to be really nice. Um but we found out that the bodies, uh, especially in the toughness department, um, you're trading two cards for one essentially almost every time. And so if the treasure is really important, you don't want to be relying on prize fight to get there. Warm Welcome is still really, really good. I just didn't find it, again, in brokers. I found it less important to make a 1-1 and search a card. Um, and Attendant Socialite just is a two-drop, but it just, again, never never got beefed up the way I wanted to. So Caldea Strongarm, my opinion is that I feel like every green deck that I have, I want to have absolutely one. It felt a lot like Season of Renewal, where just that one made a, a combat and attacking very difficult for my opponent. And so it reminds me a lot of Season of Renewal. A really strong card. The fact that you can blitz it is amazing. High Rise Saw Jack, alluding to what uh, Tree said, you want to deal with the Flyers. And actually, this deals with it pretty well. I mean, often you're trading, but the fact that it can trade with an Echo Inspector is like really, really nice. Um, not on attack, but at least on defense, it'll give you it'll give you a little something. Um, and then Rocks Pummeler, 6-3 with the Shield Counter. Um, I just felt that that card actually I did really well, especially it helps the red-green archetypes a lot. It's fine in all the other ones that splash green, but in the red green in particular, like they needed the help with that. I would just point out before I pass it to Micah that I think after basically Jewel Thief and Strong Arm, I felt like the green commons really fell off. Like they're almost all interchangeable. So my last two was, were pretty hard to, to put together. But Micah, what do you got? All right, this is kind of funny. Uh, my original list was Jewel Thief, Prize Fight, Daya, Strong Arm, and Social Climber. Uh, my new list is still Jewel Thief because it is the second best common in the set. Uh, I have Warm Welcome at number two. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm starting. To, I've, whenever I play this, I have plenty of high value of seeing more of my deck, and the it's like, it's like, oh, it just makes a one one. That one one tends to be pretty important. The one one has a lot of synergies in the set, and so um, allowing me to like dig to like my more important pieces and also. Establish some sort of board presence while also synergizing with a lot of stuff I may be doing earlier, like playing a card we'll probably talk about in the next section. Uh, really feels nice to me. I also have Caldea Strong Arm at number three. Uh, I tend to blitz this more often than Costa does, but uh, I just feel like cycling, making like putting like two counters on like my Sky Crier or some other flyer, inspiring overseer, cycling it, uh, seeing more of my deck, and just moving on with my day. Uh, although I probably do blitz it a little bit too often. And then number three or number four, I have rocks pummeler because other people like it. I'm not high on it, but I need to put something at number four. I agree with Costa wholeheartedly. Uh, the green commons fall off pretty hard. Um, prize fight. It feels like it's, it seems like it wants to be a bant card because it wants to play with the shield counters a bit. Like, Oh, you lose your shield counter. They lose their creature. However, whenever you're playing bant, you just rather play the blue and white interaction over that. So it's like, whatever but yeah rocks pummel on there because oh man a lot of people seem to like that rhino even though i didn't think they won many games um tree judge us get close oh, as two points why don't you? <laughs> no okay so it's funny that everyone has rocks pummel on their list now like samson had it on his primer and now we all have it on <laughs> he's like listen to me hear me out 
this this is a badass rhino here. So um, I think we all I I know you guys both said that you know it's just a a, a casual put me on uh, because you couldn't find anything uh, of much more value. But I think I think Rock's Palmer is is a lot better where where um, I guess just a lot better than than I think uh, you guys think it is. Um, just because it's a six three and it hits with trample. You cannot chop and block it very very well at all. Um, it, like once it hits, it will do the damage and stick around as another six three body, and then that can trade with literally anything on the opponent's side of the field. Um, the deal gone bad is what deals with it, um, because the rocks the rocks follow will will get you that two for one every single time, literally almost every single time, unless it's either the the there's another card uh, in reds, but that's an uncommon. But the deal gone bad can deal with it. Um, <clears throat> But I think it's it's a lot better than people think. But in this case, I'm giving it to Micah. I like the warm welcome over the high high rise Jack. Um, having that that citizen synergy and being it basically it's a three mana uh, one one at instant speed, but it finds you uh, a more relevant creature. Um, and I think that is in turn a, just marginally better than than the than the reach uh, thing because the reach is more defensive and I, I feel like. You do want to try to be more offensive in this because if you're on the back foot, then it, you might you might not be in, the, in that best of a spot. Because I've always felt that most of my matches that when I'm on the when I'm on the foot when I'm like pressuring the opponent, um, that's always uh, you know a better position to be in. And I've always won most of the games that I've pressured the opponent. Whereas if I'm a defensive, I've rarely won a game when I'm trying to defend against the bash or the onslaught. Thoughts? Uh, so my for it's basically the same thing as Wrecking Crew for me, just at two cheaper. I'd run, I'd run. Uh, what's it called over Wrecking Crew though? Like if I'm like in a Cabaretti deck, I'd run High Rise Sawjack over. Tell me why. Wrecking Give me the Crew. reason why, because I'm because uh, I'll say it if you don't. <laughs> All right. So it's first off, it's cheaper. Uh huh. Uh huh. And like I want like double. I, don't, I haven't put that much thought into oh, it. Oh come on, dude! It it it, it goes so well. Is it a with, citizen? With, is it, a it citizen? is a citizen. Is it a citizen? Thank God you said it, because that's a huge relevant point to that, which I didn't bring up, but that's kind of the incidental part of it. And again, like I, I said, the rocks pummel if it's a red green, but the the high rise, even though the darling or the civil servant aren't in that, are, are not green white cards. Like when you're in base green, it's an easy pivot point for the high rise and uh, like red green does need that defensive thing. It's really awkward. Like it's supposed to be aggressive. And if you're lucky to get like jet mirror fixers really early on, it's really nice. But I just, again, like it's rare that I'll see, especially when I'm drafting with tree, I won't see jet mirror fixers come around. That dude loves freaking red green. So dude, I haven't drafted red green at all. Have you really not? Well, either way, you've definitely dropped in the last set. So I, 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 I was I, you scooping him up. I've I've had, played, hey, I've never, I have had, I've opened red Oh. Co Costa, Costa, you're 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 thinking of the other tree. This is the British tree. Uh, yeah. you're, you're thinking of the other one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but holy crap, guys! The tree actually gave me points. Okay, okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to our multicolor. Um, this is gonna be comments. Funny. Uh, so uh, before we basically just said, oh, pick the land enchanters. However, our opinions have changed. Uh, not about necessarily um how strong the well maybe some of them how strong the land enchanters are. But really, where the where they value in the the role they play in limited, and what we've actually learned about this format, how um, 
some of our initial impressions of uh, the value of greed in this format may have been a little bit off base. Um, but so uh, as your defending round champion, I'll be starting us off. Uh, my number one uh, common multicolors spell is actually going to be Civil Servant. Uh, two drops quickly became re uh, very apparent. Two drops are a premium. Uh, Civil Servant might be the best two drop uh, a common. It's a... Uh, has attack can more often than not will attack as a three three life link, and uh, life link ends up being pretty relevant in the grindier matchups because like every life point counts, and it also blocks extremely well. It's a two three for two mana. It also um, multiple of them synergize with each other because you can tap one to do the other one and etc. And then once you start getting tokens, Bob's your uncle. Um, so if I'm ever in green white anything, I want as many civil servants as I can. And then number two, I have Celestial Regulator. Uh, I'm not going to gush about uh, flying again, but I love flying. However, two, three, that just basically like can tap a blocker uh, when it ETBs, and, uh, and so you can get in some more damage, and then you're hit on tempo. However, two, three flyer that freezes. What was that card from Strixhaven? Frostlinks. Uh, well, it's Frostlinks Wings, though. Yeah. It, had, it had flying. And this one's three mana, two, three. The other one was a 2-2. Two -two. I mean, this one conditionally freezes, but it's so easy to meet that condition. You just play like turn two backup agent and then turn three this. Um, or heck, usually it's like you like turn five backup agent and then turn and then cast this as well. Get it with everything you cast before, basically. Like your um, overseer and your echo inspector and all this other stuff. Um the Celestial Regular just seems like a really strong tempo play. More often, it's like every time it freezes something, I'm just like, oh, well, I like when this thing comes down and it freezes something, I literally feel like I lost the game because I'm losing out on so much tempo and they only spent three mana and they got a two, three body out of it. Um, two, three flying body out of it. Uh, we thought about going to three cards, but then it just turned out that it would be a. Um, oh, I'll let Costa go. I'll let Costa go. Costa, you go. And then we'll talk about it. Yeah, so um, my list from last time, uh, yeah, like you said, was the uh, I, so I disqualified myself and ended up losing the game because of it, which I still readily accept because at the time I think the land enchanters we all agreed on were amazing. So land enchanters, which was uh, five cards, and then celestial regulator. Um, I'm still of the opinion that celestial regulator is really good. Uh, it's kind of funny that the arguments you're making for it, Micah, because the I think you I think you literally said the only example that I can think of where you go turn two into turn three, which isn't really that important uh, to do that actually, but um, it is backup agent into celestial regulator. Um, so instead, I went with number one civil servants. Um, I was fortunate enough to like get it in my pre-release Cabaretti deck, and I was gushing to y'all about the card <laughs> right after the draft or right after the sealed. Uh, I love that card so much for all the reasons you said. Uh, it's also really nice. I don't know if you brought the life link or not, but just like the life link is like super amazing. Uh, there's so many incidental citizens. Um, like I said, I've gone many times civil servant into a like uh, a high rise sawjack gain the three whatever yeah yeah, yeah. um and number two though i still have a land enchanter i still believe in this one in particular this is the best one um and kind of for some of the reasons that mike was pointing out for celestial regulator i chose spar as adjudicator um the best family 
uh, it fixes your mana and you are guaranteed that when you play it on turn five that it is going to lock something down. The couple problems that I've had with the regulator, which was my number three pick, which is why he was saying that we would basically have the same list, is because the regulator still needs a setup. And while it is very easily achievable, there are times when you really need, like you're counting on that card to lock something down that's not going to. Also, it like trying to bash into uh, Echo Inspector is like the main thing where it, it, it hasn't done well. Like it stops Overseer and that's fine. Um, but there are a few things that will get overseer, um, and and that might be the best case again or for the card. But adjudicators every time. I mean, you can play it off of itself because you're usually in blue, white, or green, white, um, and you get a four four body that locks something down. And, and a lot of times, I've essentially won on turn five where I have all the flyers set up. It locks something down. I hit them. They're basically like at a point where they need to remove like two of my creatures to not die. So um, I've really like adjudicators has come through quite a bit um and yeah those are my two cards oh wonderful wonderful everyone agrees civil servants the best multicolor common here uh, including me however um i would like to um all the reasons you get you listed coaster are really great for the um adjudicator in the the fixer but i think the mask mandate is the best um one there just because it's the biggest body but also like the vigilance and menace is incredibly relevant um being able to attack and then they have to block two and you'll kill both of them most likely um otherwise they're like you you, you focus around you know removing the creatures then bashing for five every single time um and obviously it does the 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 tricolor fixing as itself um obviously the uh spars adjudicator and the regulator are at, in play here not the mask bandit um however i'm going to give this to micah uh, I do like the regulator, but just because um, all the the three mana is important, especially in the later parts of the game when you can double spell, um, whereas adjudicators you can only do one, and so being able to lock something down, play something else, or like uh, do a pivotal like combat trick, or like just getting a, a two creatures on the on the field at once is going to be important because so the so the cheapness of of celestial regulator is. It, is the key player role here they fulfill the same role in locking something down but the the regulator is cheaper and it's a flyer as well so unfortunately i, mm. I this this the combination of both is is the key here if it wasn't a flyer then adju adjudicator would probably win um but because it is a flyer it wins this time so micah you get this round win uh all right. So basically, like before we start recording, we talked about adding third. If Costa had a third, it would have been regulator. If I had a third, it would have been Spars Educators. Uh, one thing I want to say about why I'd put Educators above um, Mass Bandits. One, I found a big difference between five and six mana in the set. And then also, Educators is in the best colors, though. Like, I feel like so that really influences my decisions moving early on. And it does some. It actively does something the turn it comes down. So you could think of it as almost like two turns ahead of Mass Bandit if you think about. It. Like, as it comes down, that thing can't block. Whereas Mass Bandit's like, okay, well, and then you think about Mass Bandit's like, okay, no, that thing can't. Well, unless that is flying. Uh, <laughs> let's not talk about yeah. flying. I'm um, I'm more partial to Jun because I've had a lot more success with it. But um, I, I but I have played with adjudicators, and I, I know uh, I definitely agree with your um 
your arguments here. So I'm not saying anything against it. I I think so. I'm in the camp with Micah that brokers is the best, but I also believe that Riveteers, uh, and that include and so <laughs> this is going to be kind of an interesting comment. But I think people still don't know how to draft Riveteers. That or they're like Micah and I, where it's very hard to pass an overseer when you get it pack one, pick one, even all the way like pack one or pack one, pick four or five. Um, it's very hard to pass the white cards. Like the white cards are very dominant. And so if you're leaning into it, you know, the white doesn't go with, with the Jund, right? And so it's already automatically pulling you out of it. But I think there is a space where the river tiers are actually pretty good. I just think that, um, and Micah and I had talked about this. I don't know if I should bring this up now, but I was thinking that red was the worst color, and I'm, I might be in the camp now with Micah that, that black might... Right, you were in the camp that black is the weakest color, Micah? I can't remember. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I after looking over it, I, I'm kind of agreeing with him, and I think it's very hard to like justify taking uh, you know, something like Gerd Ragoons, you know, even Deal Got Bad, as great as they are, when you're like, hmm, but, I, you know, I'm in this River Tier, or sorry, I'm in this uh, Inspiring Overseer band ass deck, but... Anyways, that, I think I think you have had really good success with the tree, um, and I think some of the points you pulled out in our Discord were really on point. It's just very hard for us to like. We're never in that situation because it's like we're taking the other cards, right? And admission to Micah's like point about and maybe it's our bias towards the format. All right. Well, okay. Okay then. Uh, that concludes the first half of the round. Um... Uh, point update uh, Costa has 10 and I have 8 going into uncommons and so we'll give our top 2 uh, uncommons for each 5 colors and then um, we'll round it up with our top 5s for multicolor so I will kick us off with our top 2 white uncommons uh, my original list was swooping protector and um, mage's attendant uh, shooting protector because it seemed like a really strong uh, tempo play flash uh, hot flying and then also like the shield counter made it read as a two for one to me um, and so uh, mage's attendant well it was a cool card but it's like also kind of it's like, it's like better different color version of like exhibition magician or whatever that just didn't, didn't always play um, as well as I wanted it to however that the wizard uh on the table across from you can get a little bit annoying from time to time. Uh, but my new list is at number one, I have ballroom brawlers. Uh, it's, this is kind of a hard decision because I feel like it's the most impactful white uncommon, I think. But however, double white, I feel like I'm almost conceding now. Cause I'm like, kind of like showing my hesitancy about my top pick before Costa even goes. But yeah, as double white pips, which kind of annoys me because I told, uh, I don't know if I said it on air, if I just told Costa or I said it to everyone early on. Uh, the the double pip cards took a hit for me. However, every time Ballroom Brawlers is on the battlefield, it's it's very impactful. It's a three five. It blocks a lot of stuff, mostly everything. Uh, like it doesn't block trees. A uh, baby boy that that rhino over there in green, but um, but also attacks very well with other stuff. Like you can give stuff uh, first strike, and it's just like even more pain to block. Or you can uh, really give yourself lifelink, which has a lot of added value based on the nature of the format. And then number two, I still have Swooping Protector. That four drop slot. Like we talked about a lot of like two and three drops because like everything goes back to Bant or occasionally Esper. Um, but uh, 
like we're talking about like sky criers, backup agents, overseers, nuisances. Uh, like the only other, like four drop is like echo inspector. But I feel like having uh, if I'm in that, I kind of want one swooping protector just because it comes down and blocks or two or three drop kills it. Or um, and then um, I have another flyer deployed on the battlefield and it allows me to operate at instant speed. Um, it's like if I want to hold up like Majestic Metamorphosis or something. So I feel like Sweeping Protector adds a lot of value in those tempo decks. Um, but yeah, those are my two Coast of Europe. Yep. So uh, last time uh, for my two, I had Rumor Gatherer and Citizen's Crowbar. Really sad that Rumor Gatherer just, it, it's a great card, but uh, it's a three mana, two one, double pip where normally I don't really care about the pips, but this one in particular on turn three, looks like murder is understandable because murder is, or most of the time is a react. Well, it is a reactive card, right? So it's a reactive card. You're probably saving it for later. Whereas rumor gatherer needs to come down early to get the value. And again, because Cabaretti hasn't done as well as intended or as I would have hoped, um, it's just not making the cut anymore. However, citizens crowbar. I'm really happy about that. Uh, I think early on, I, I think I even mentioned that it's a very nice uh, broken wings uh, on a stick, essentially, because when your opponent plays uh, Broker's Ascendancy, you have an answer for it. Uh, basically, when they're playing any enchantments or artifacts, you have a nice little answer for it. Um, so, at number one, it's uh, citizens crowbar. Um, again, two drop. You can put it on anything. You can make all your stuff bigger. And one of the things you can make bigger is my number two card, which is Ballroom Brawlers. Um, I'm putting it over Ballroom Brawlers simply because the crowbar is affecting all of my cards, whereas Ballroom Brawlers is kind of doing the same thing, but sometimes I have a creature that's too small, and even giving it first strike is not going to get through damage enough. But I agree with Micah. It's impact on the board. Um, it can stabilize you and win you games because you will outlife them. Uh, but I've also been in the situation where, again, if they adjudicators it, ransom, bounce it, eat it, lick it, whatever, that it's it's just not it's not going to do something. And so, but it, when it does, it's it, it needs to be answered. And so, um, those are my two cards. Ah, uh, great. Um, I I was very much considering on the on the primer to put ballroom brawlers on here, but uh, I think it was just got cut off. But now. Like after seeing it perform, it has it has done so well. Five toughness. If you thought four toughness was really really good in this format, five toughness is even better than that. Like by a lot, and it has the important three power, which kills pretty much most of every single creature. Um, so and then you know the lifelink first strike, fantastic. Um, crowbar. Um, I regret giving the point to Michael last time. Um, but Crowbar has uh, done, like, it's really, really good. As Kosa said, it pumps your team however you want. It's a bear at minimum, and you're always fine with the bear at minimum. Um, but the fact that it can destroy, although there are very few artifacts and enchantments in this format, 40, uh, as my count was, most of them will are super relevant, and to have an answer for that, is incredibly important for um, at least swinging the game in your favor. Even if like they've had advantage from the enchantment being out for a bit, if you can uh, like rip that citizen's crowbar off the top, you can uh, just kill it, and it's gonna be fun. Although you do have to wait a turn, I believe, right? Unless you have another creature to use it on. Uh, but yeah, so Kosa's getting this um, this this two points this time. 
All right, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Swooping protector is a citizen. So is citizens crowbar. <laughs> Which is what the, no, the crowbar the crowbar is uh, artifact equipment. You're right, but it makes a citizen. <laughs> yeah, and that was that. Yeah, I love a crowbar. That'd probably be my number three. That was my last thing. Was like it's a citizen, and I, to be fair, I, I don't think swooping protector is bad. I just haven't had as much success with it as you, Micah. Where like I don't. Like a lot of times I'm playing it to to save myself so the next turn I can die. And I have seen you being able to like there's like a lot of like X twos where you're you're doing shenanigans with it or whatnot. I did someone get blown out real bad by a, a card in red, which we'll we'll talk about here shortly. But um yeah. So anyways. The one thing for sweeping protector is that um if if it came in and gave something else a shield counter Oh I think I would be more down. Oh my god, I'd be constructed playable. Like target Maybe. creature gets Maybe. a shield counter. Uh, that would be why? fantastic. But oh, it's only this. This is the card itself is the one that's actually, the shield counter. That's actually what I thought I did at first. Actually, um, as I thought it gave a shield counter to something else, and still didn't make my list. So it tells you how stupid I am. But yeah, no, okay. Pre- look, at, that's y'all's fault. Look at the art. The bird's in there. He's not giving this weird old man dude. Uh, the the like glowy bluey thing and that's, it's on him that's why i thought that's exactly why i thought because of the art i was like oh like he's protecting something like but like no it's just the planeswalker us that he's protecting useless damn bird now again <laughs> no, but yeah that's uh, one, uh, that one card i do want to bring to light is illuminator virtuoso uh, yeah. um oh, in this yeah. format if you can find the pieces to pump it up it will destroy majestic it. metamorphosis <laughs> no yes, how about exactly how about security bypass? Yes. <laughs> no, get out of here. No, yes. dude, secure that card. I have seen that literally virtuoso in a security bypass, and the my opponents had enough protection multiple times to where I can't do anything. Like literally, I die in four turns because I can't do anything about it. Well, I died in two because my opponent went turn two that, turn three, metamorphosis swing, deal ten. Next turn, metamorphosis swing, deal ten. Yeah, it's nuts too. So. <laughs> yeah, and the Drew cards. Everything. Right, exactly. <laughs> Either way, yeah. If, if, it's like, it's kind of, uh, Virtuous is a little bit of a build around to me. I mean, it's, it is. A, uh, two mana, one, one double strike is just, it's fine. It is. But it's like, uh, it, it really explodes if you have the support it's for it. It's better fencing case. All right. Okay. All right, Costa, Costa, you're up on blue. Blue. All right. My blue, my blue last time was psychic pickpocket, followed by out of the way. Uh, today it is sleep with the fishes and wing shield agent. So, uh, now that I have that terrible accent out of the way, uh, psychic pickpocket and out of the way are really great. Um, the issue that I've had with them is I'm playing them a lot in the blue white list. And uh, this is definitely like obscuring its bias here, but because I'm playing hold for ransom, uh, I don't want to be bouncing the things that I just held for ransom uh, or, you know, slept with the fishes. There's a lot of, there's enough ETB cards, uh, particularly with the connive cards that you don't want to bounce them either. And so they're really good. They're really powerful. Uh, but I moved on to sleep with the fishes because um, even though it's a more expensive hold for ransom in some ways, uh, the fish I've valued very high. The fish are really, really good. Your opponent really has to answer them because they are they're just inevitability. On the back foot, like the fish don't do much, but most of the time, if you're at parity, I mean they break the parity at one one unblockables are just nuts. 
Um, and then winning shield agents. Again, I want to be attacking, uh, giving my creatures flying, even though in blue you have a lot of flyers and white you have enough. But when you turn the white uh, creatures into flyers, they it's just adding more damage. You're getting through. Um, so, um, and of course, like it, it comes in with a shield counter. So there's a lot of times, the nice thing about this card is it sets up your opponent because your opponent's like, okay, are they trying to attack to force the damage through? Do they have a combat trick? I mean, and a lot of times you can have a nice combat trick, um, and it really blows them out. So those are my two. Micah. Alrighty. Um, uh, my original list was uh, sleep with the fishes and out of the way uh, because, you know, in prime room and defaults are removal. But uh, now, uh, number one, I have Costa's boy, psychic pickpocket, um, because uh, I, I can't tell you how much playing that deck last Friday really skewed my perception of how uh, this format works. Uh, it's sight. It allows me to see more of my deck, a phrase I've said a lot so far this episode, but also it's like, uh, I believe it was the game against Jessup. It's like I kept bouncing his pummelers or whatever. I bounced with a uh, pickpocket, and then I was able to get in. He de- redeployed. I was like, cool, time walk. And then he couldn't attack any of his other creatures because I had a 4-3 on the battlefield. Um, well, I'm all this while I'm getting in with flyers and untapping them with High Halo Fountain. Um, but then also uh, my number two pick is another card out of the way, which is uh, I defaulted towards this one over Sleep with the Fishes. They're kind of interchangeable to me. But I ended up going with this one because I, I do value the single blue pith a bit. Uh, the value it has against green decks is really good. But uh, I just feel like the the ability to, I was about to say go fast. But I feel like there's a stronger tempo play with Out of the Way. Whereas if you're going more the grindy area, sleep with the fishes will present more value because you get the fish. Then also you're just locking the thing down forever. But then also, uh, I've had them, like, I think they, did they crowbar sleep with the fishes? Or they were main decking broken wings to sleep with the, fi- I don't know. Or no, it was a paper, so they sideboarded and sleep with, and blew up sleep with the fishes. It just kind of felt bad, but you know, whatever, I saw the fish. Uh, but yeah, sleep with the fishes would be my number three. Um, I, I, I like wing shield angel. I kind of wish it was a three, two, though. I feel like it gets in one for free, but then after that, it kind of just sits there. Unless you're able to, like, alpha strike and really close it out that way. But that's me, uh, Tree. Uh, you're up. All right. Um, I feel like <clears throat> these are all phenomenal cards. If you can get them, then you can get them. Don't like try to pick something else over these if you're if you're in blue. Um, anyways, Sleep with the Fishes, uh, phenomenal card. I think I'm gonna go with Kosa's list uh, over Micah's. Um, first off, I guess Psychic Pickpocket is five mana, which is for just a 3-2 to start out with. Um, although a 5-mana 4-3 is a lot more reasonable, even the, even if it bounces something. Um, but that's the thing with, with your cards that you pick. They're all bouncers, and you know they, they're a temple play, but I think that being able to get on the board, like the Sleep with the Fishes, also gets you that fish. And the Weak Shield Angel comes with a Shield Counter, so it's a 2-for-1, and then it gives something flying. So... Oh, that's why I'm going with with Kosa's list over here. So he gets the points for this round. Um, I think the the thing I, I like wanted to also point out in a weird way, Sleep of the Fishes just reminds me of Chupacabra. It's like double blue pip to double black pip. You get an unblockable one versus a two two, which I think is better. 
Um, and then Chupacabra's better because it actually like destroys a creature. But that's basically like how I play it, right? Like it's the the I get what you're saying on the tempo part, uh, where like the other cards are more tempo, and this one is like grindy. It just it's always worked out that the fish mm-hmm. have just been like actually applying the pressure in a weird tempo right way. But um, no, like I, I I agree with you. Like, and that's I actually had a lot of success with Pit Pocket early on, which was funny. But I think the same thing that I ran into you, Micah, where it's like it was a little skewed because my opponents were playing the big mana things. I was like, cool, bounce it. I get to dig, keep going. And a lot of times that it's actually one of the few cards where I never wanted to get rid of gas because the X3 body was the th- like if it was a 4 4, like it was a 3 3 started out, it became a 4 4. Card is insane because that one like point made a difference. But keep running into stupid things like Rafines Informants and uh, Maestros Initiates and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, paid five mana for this to bounce your thing and they'll get the value. So that's why like it just it slid down just a, a tad. Like it just, just barely fell out. You know what I mean? I was kind of the opposite where it was like early on, I was like, meh, but then like later on, it felt like it was picking up. However, I have to say it took all my willpower not to switch my picks to hypnotic grifter and fairy vandal. <laughs> that's also it's very, combo. yeah, that's I was also like, I had some like decks on a, not on paper, but on arena that had like multiples of those. And I was like, Oh, this feels so fun. Oh, my grifter is getting huge. but also my vandals are getting huge and we're just paying we have a bunch of cards in hand because we're not spending our mana casting our spells. We're spending making our one twos, uh, two threes, and three fours, etc. Uh, that's really funny. I had fun with that. What I said, that's really funny. I, I yeah, yeah. All right, I'd like to change my picks to those. Would you like to change your mind tree? Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I knew y'all were cheating. I knew y'all were cheating. Uh, all right, moving on to black. Let's keep this going. Yep. So uh, my list last time, uh, Rafine Silencer, followed by Rogue's Gallery. Today I have Nightclubber, followed by Rafine Silencer. Uh, Silencer still done great work. Um, it's still one of those very annoying cards where it often forces you to think, do you want to two for one? Like, do I kill this creature? It probably still kills like my inspiring overseer that I don't want to die, or it gets through a shield counter or whatever. Um, so the card is really nice. Um, However, Rogue's Gallery, uh, just oh my god, the card. I guess it's a really good thing, honestly, that Rogue's Gallery is not um, very, very good in this format because I think the value of that card, like getting like five creatures, like we thought it was going to do sometimes, uh, like you know, it would have been too much for this format. Um, but because it's basically a two color format, uh, because both Mike and I think that black is the weakest. Uh, it just this card unfortunately just has not made the cut like even paying three mana to get two creatures back just hasn't been worth it i think there are times where maybe it could have been but yeah this card very underwhelmingly underwhelmed me no sorry overwhelmingly underwhelmed me so anyways uh number one night clubber it's kind of weird because it is a double black double pip card again i don't mind as much which is why it's at number one there's so many crazy different shenanigans that I've done with this card, uh, even though I haven't played black as much. Uh, it's really nice to like, uh, I keep wanting to say berserk it, um, blitz it uh, to where you like minus one the board. And then I have the um, two mana, bring it back uh, and it makes a treasure, uh, fake your own death or whatever. That's just sick. That is so sick. Uh, the, the first time I did it and I realized what was going to happen, I was like, oh my god. Like, You mean to tell me that it comes back and it kills the rest of the board and I get the treasure? Filthy, filthy, filthy. Um, so, 
it's really overperformed. And then again, silencer, nice fodder for a lot of the casualty cards. Uh, those are my picks. Micah. Okie dokie. Uh, my original picks were Dust Mangler and Graveyard Shift because LOL. Um, they are not my current picks. Uh, my current picks are at number one, I do have Rafine Silencer. Uh, it seems like the most likely to two for one. It connives, digs through your deck. Um, it's a card I would consider splashing if I'm an Esper because I always want to be blue white and it's like, all right, can I be Bant? No. All right, can I be Esper? Um, or ah, that's what they are. Forget the Obscura or what's the other one? Uh, okay. Brokers, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so Rafine Silencer, it digs through your deck. You can usually two for one. It can be super annoying for your opponent to attack into. Like People didn't like attacking that one one zombie from uh, AFR. And this is like that on steroids. Uh, and number two, um, oh, there are, so I was torn between uh, Night Clubber. I didn't get to play with it a lot, but every time I did, it didn't perform as much as I wanted to. However, I shouldn't say that because I remember one time it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can Night Clubber my opponent. And then that turn they cast uh, Broker's Ascendancy. And I'm like, my Night Clubber is useless. Um, but um, there's Star Source shenanigans. It has Blitz. It can cycle itself as well. Uh, but I ended up going with removal spell whack. Uh, it has a it's sorcery speed, which kind of sucks, but minus four, minus four deals with a lot. And there are a lot of the white decks are a lot more powerful. Um, so whacking your speakeasy server or some other stuff uh, feels pretty good. And plus it does the minus four, minus four thing. So it does deal with shield counters uh, as well. Tree. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I think nightclub is the best black uncommon here um and because you don't have it on your list that automatically puts you uh coast in the wind for this one um i like rafine silencer i think yeah these two are the best uh uncommons here um whack is a fine removal spell but you can get murder or you can get deal gone bad uh, both of which i would take over whack yes exactly <laughs> um and hence, I don't like black <laughs> like i like the the silencer for the fact that you can connive and it uh, it makes the opponent not want to block it um, because it's either a 2-2 that can kill a 4-4 or it's a 1-1 that can kill a 2-2 or, you know, and any other shape, fashion, anything like that. So um, I'm glad that we both, uh, you both have it on your list. I don't have it because I just want to bring like to Rogue's Gallery. Rogue's Gallery has performed against me very, very well. Um, I've gotten such grindy games that Rogue's Gallery has just given my opponent five cards. So, um, and I can see that. Uh, it, I, I pushed off Dust Mangler just because that these are just more low to the ground, more impactful uh, early on in the game. Dust Mangler is a late game thing, but if only you can get there. But anyways, let's move on. Sorry, I was typing in. Did y'all bring up the, the whack to Deal Gone Bad comparison or no? Yes. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I mean, he mentioned them, and I said, yeah, I'd take both of those over whack. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I think I messed up the points. Someone check me and make sure I did it right. But, anyways, um, yeah, my, my thing with like whack, like it's like it's it's like minus one, minus one stronger, right? Um, but because of the sorcery speed and deal gone bad essentially deals with all the cards that whack does. Uh, that's why I was like, it felt interchangeable. Like it was good. It just felt like. Is more on the murder side than it was on the deal got bad side, if that made sense. Um, but anyways, yep. 
So, uh, all right, let's get this next round all over because, you know, well, let's not skip ahead. Kosa, go tell them the two cards we're going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> hey, you won friggin' game nights, man. It's, a, you know, like, this ain't nothing. So, this is our opinions hosted by one man. But, anyways, number one, uh, last week I had Call on a Professional. Uh, sorry, I had Torch Breath, excuse me, followed by Call on a Professional. Uh, today it's Call on a Professional followed by Pugnacious Pugilist. It's kind of odd because, um, so Torch Breath like scales with the game really well. I really thought that the, that the uncounterable part was going to be very uh, meaningful. And then we found out it was not meaningful at all because there's only make disappear. And then, uh, you know, there's what's the other card, uh, the reprint that like for X disdainful stroke. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, just, whatever <laughs> so um it ended up like it's fine it's a good removal spell it just wasn't as impactful as calling a professional which uh i will go ahead and bring up the blowouts here uh kind of forgot that this card is uh symmetrical and so <laughs> i blocked with one of my shield counter creatures and i was like oh i'm gonna kill this creature and block with this creature and then when it resolved and my creature died, i was like what the hell is this bug and then i read the card i was like oh my god this is symmetrical um, I've also seen other people just like really do some really nice blocks where they're like blocking shield counter creatures and this and that. And then they do call in professional and they basically board white because the opponent's like, they thought they were really safe behind the shield counters. This thing rapes freaking shield counters. Like it's terrible. It's the card is really nasty. Actually. Once I've seen it a couple of times and then followed by pugnacious pugilist. Um, it's, it's a really good card, and it's funny because like I just felt like the Reddit uncommons also just kind of were interchangeable. But the the point that I'll make for this one is like it's a four four, and I really like it in the red greens. Uh, definitely in the red black, we're like sacrificing it, especially like the devils uh, is really very useful. It's just that again, I just never I'm not in much of a situation where I want to be in a double red pip. Um, but either way, the card is really strong. It does need an answer, um, and so yeah, those are my two. Okay, um, so I happen to have... Oh, wait, I need to go over my last picks. Uh, don't want to forget again. Um, I had a Call on a Professional and Pugnacious Pugilist. Um, the two cards Costa just talked about. Uh, my uh, list now is Call on a Professional and Pugnacious Pugilist. Uh, the cards Costa just talked about. Uh, Call on a Professional. I didn't see that shield counter line of text until just now, so, you know, whatever. To me, it's like, it's a three-mana deal, three damage. That's fine. It can go face? Awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah... Premium red uh, uncommon. I'll, I'm a bit higher on pugilist than Costa. I think it's a bit more up there, but I get what he's saying. Um, double red pip can be annoying, but you can also blitz it if you need to. The one thing is uh, oh, the, the fact that the one ones uh, red devils are attacking as well whenever it attacks. It can, it can be an upside, but also a downside. Because like if you're racing, like oh, attack with this. I have a devil. I can chuck. Oh no, I can devil attacking. So this like so it's more all in than you might. Um, Sometimes conditionally not wanted to, but sometimes it can be a bonus. But it is the most uh, threatening creature in red. Uh, these rarities. Before before tree goes, I just want to. I'll forget this point, but we have blitz, right? Like the fact mm -hmm. that it has blitz on it, and so I think the fact that it basically does the same thing and forcing the devils to attack is like why the card. Again, like you said, like you want to be able to block with it so you can hit a shield counter versus your opponent controls. Hey, okay, I'm not blocking. It's gonna. You know, I don't want my shield counter to go away. And that was kind of like the crazy part to me. It's like, 
wow, I thought this would be really good. It's like, nope, it ends up being that you want the Blitz creature to leave back a creature. But anyways, sorry. Mm. Mr. Tree. Well, I mean, you both have the same cards. I have the same cards. I can't possibly <laughs> give one point over for both of you. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to just say like zero points for everyone or two points for everyone. Doesn't really matter. Oh, everyone just gets, we're positive here. Everyone gets two points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to bother with, yeah, no. Um, all right. We all have great, great things. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, so here, let's let's. Uh, I do want to make a point that all the blitz costs are uh, single color pips. I don't mm -hmm. think that there's any blitz costs that are double color pips, and therefore tenacious underdog. Exactly, that's the exception. Okay, <laughs> that's the exception. Um, Card's really good, by the yeah, way. Yeah, really, <laughs> really good. If it wasn't, if it wasn't double black, then you you'd be playing in every like black splash deck that you you want to. But um. But yeah, uh, all the Blitz cards are splashable because they have that um, that Blitz text. The, the the fact that they're only one color pip. Um, anyways, Micah, um, how about you start the next, the green one? Since um, Coast has been doing a lot of explaining for your cards, maybe you have the chance right. to explain for his cards. All right. Uh, my previous list, I had Cleanup Crew at number one, then Bouncers Beat Down at number two. Uh, now I have Freelance Muscle at number one. Uh, turns out Freelance Muscle is just it attacks and blocks as a ginormous, ginormous creature. It's like it, every time it's on the board, it is the and when it comes to combat, it is the biggest creature on the battlefield. Basically, no matter what. Like if you're an empty board, that never happens. I've never seen all right Freelance Muscle on an empty board. Never happens. Uh, cleanup Crew is like fine. You like look at it. Oh, look how much utility you can pick one of four things the thing's a honey mammoth with very 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 incidental upside uh if they have an ascendancy like you ever like the best hit at like uncommon is like what it hitting a crowbar um which you're like okay like crowbar is a good card but it's not like oh my gosh i'm so dead now the thing blew up my crow and so it's like it's basically a honey mammoth where it's freelance muscle it utterly dominates the board it's like i just can't say enough like if you put any other kind of buff on this boy it just it gets out of hand um and then next up i still have bouncers beat down it is a it is a punch effect which is really important a lot of like high power low toughness creatures in this set synergizes well with freelance muscle um but then it's it's and the fact that it gets cheaper against like the black stuff is very instant like casting this for a single green with all against the, most of the multicolored ones like punching like the the land enchanter creatures like mass bandit or the angel uh feels very good and the fact that you can't really get goozled with it because i like, one the way you get goozled is they in response kill your creature i mean you still have to have another big one but if you're in green you typically have like you typically have more than one creature of that requisite level so it's like it's hard to really goozle you with bouncers beat down and i feel like it just played really well and it has a lot of uh high upside and Based on the weakness of a prize fight, uh, bouncers beatdowns is typically one I want to be running if I'm more in that um, more big creature style deck than like the more tempo-y all-in bant deck with like flyers and tempo plays and stuff. So those are my picks. Costa, you're up. We do. So uh, last time I had bouncers beatdown at number one, followed by elegant entourage. Uh, today it's 
pretty on this card. Luxurious libation and freelance muscle. So I'll first go with the the uh, bouncers beat down entourage thing. Great cards. Um, I, I mean, I basically agree with everything he said about the bouncers beat down. I just um, uh, and this is skewing it because I've ended up in really more of blue white base, even though I really love the green white, which I still think is pretty high up there as well. Uh, but because of that, you're in your broker's decks, you're not really going to use the beatdown. Instead, you'll use broker's charm because it like gives the buff of the one power and, and punches, right? Um, you have that case that uh, Mike was talking about where they can blow out and remove your creature. But again, when you're blue-white, that doesn't mean much because if they remove your biggest creature, then your next creature is probably like a two-power thing. Uh, Elegant Honorage, uh, four mana, four, four is just a great rate. But Alliance did not work out, and I think even the bigger problem is like it can't buff itself, which ended up really being kind of the difference of this card. I'm uh, sure it buffs up the other cards, but uh, if you're if it's the only thing on board and you play a creature, then it does nothing, and so you have to wait till there's another creature to actually get the use out of it. So it's it it, it fell off for me. Uh, then I'll start with uh, <laughs> uh, Freelance Muscle. I also had the luxury of in my sealed playing with this card and telling everybody how much I love this card. And I thought, oh yeah, for sure this card's going to run away and be the number one uh, green uncommon for me. But then, um, you know, I played with Luxurious Libation in that deck and it was really good. And then I kept playing with the card and I said, you know what? This card is actually insane because for one green mana, you could just instant speed make a citizen. Not much, but it's fine. But then it's just a damn fireball. This card has won me so many games. And it's not just about winning games in the sense like I dumped in seven mana and killed my opponent. It's also like I had a life linker and got the life that I needed on the defensive side and just came back and destroyed my opponent. Or I made the citizen, uh, you know, that was able to be like pumped by Darling of the Masses. And then like I was able to trade with a couple of creatures. Like this card has so much utility and instant speed. This card is insane to me. Like I'm, I'm really happy about this card. Like, I, and the funny thing is, it's like, it's close enough to be played uh, in Constructed. The only problem with Constructed is like, I feel like the cap most of the time is at like at five mana, right? Or it's like at 20 if you're playing some Eldrazi or whatever. And so, like, if there was a way where you could, like, cheapen the X effect, then this card would be kind of nuts. But, you know, especially things like modern and stuff, you're not trying to play that much mana. So, anyways, back to draft. Uh, those are my two picks. I can't gush enough about Libation, but uh, that card is... Ugh. Ugh. Oh, if only it was as good as Lunar Frenzy. If only it was as good as Lunar Frenzy. Lunar Frenzy. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, first track I, I, I think in limited better in this format in limited i think libation is better but i feel like if you're joining instructed like oh yes yeah 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 for sure for sure mm-hmm. neither one of them's embercleave <laughs> yeah mythic yeah that's fine i, I can yeah. live with that um so here i i uh i like your argument for the luxurious libation uh, i feel like it is like one of the more outer there things um it, it does feel like a, a fireball um at instant speed but you do have to attach it to a creature um it does get you a creature in the process but unfortunately it's not like create the citizen and then target creature gets 
Do you know how busted that would be? That would be fantastic. What are you talking about? That would be even more busted. You create a big creature to block with. That would be nuts. Yeah, (laughs) that would be the best green. And then, therefore, you would automatically win, Costa. However, six mana get a flash six, six. Oh, it's a one on your turn. Oh, well, it's still. No, but I mean the fact that like it gives you that much more utility to block their biggest creature, like that's just nut. Like I, I mean that would just be even more icing on the cake. But sorry, right. good mm-hmm. But yes, um, because it's worded like that, it's not as great. Um, but uh, I like, I love the bouncers beat town. Um, being the fact that you can just get your biggest creature and kill whatever creature you want on their side of the battlefield at instant speed is is the key here it's not it's a bite not a fight and um it doesn't depend on the creature living as long as you have some creatures on the battlefield you will do that uh, some sort of amount of damage to it so that's what that's where it bounces be down is a lot better in that respect it doesn't um it won't uh, what do you call it um get fizzled <clears throat> um but here you know the freelance muscle is fantastic um but I think I'm going to go here with, um, you know, actually both if, if it's libation and freelance muscle versus freelance muscle and bounce to beat down, I believe bounce to beat down would win in that case. Cause you just blow out the card you're targeting with the luxurious libation. Um, so in this case, uh, Micah, and then if, and get... if you try to bouncers beat down and then hit with the libation, <laughs> no, I mean I accept the, I accept that. I just I, I you already won. He's just trying to get me points. Come on, man. <laughs> no, that's fine. Give him points. I, I just don't. I yeah. think I think that's not a very good argument. It dies to removal. Like I think the card. I just wanted to get its credit as far as the oh, yeah, card. Very much so. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the card. I can. Because in this format, I mean, you're attacking, right? Like you're attacking, mm-hmm. and if you're on the back foot trying to remove a creature like are you going for the win are you going for the utility like bouncers beatdown doesn't have as much utility that's the other crazy part is like bouncers beat down go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say it because i i basically conceded in my uh my arguments if y'all were paying attention no i, so I said it's like I, w- I, so I said i wouldn't play bouncers beat down to my band decks and that's all i want to do so i was like <laughs> i play like nation in my head because i have flyers i was like ha attack you he's like oh no blocks i was like oh right, you're already taking five near here take another six yeah um so i i'd probably put libation at, over bouncers beat down now because i made this my list like a week ago oh for <laughs> or something like that uh but um i because i also was on there it's like oh yeah bouncers beat down that's a really good card still see but, like, if there was a flyer, I, I might have changed my mind I don't think I needed to add in more when I said it's a fireball on a cre- I mean, yeah. put it on my fine. Put it on my flyers. Put it on my fish. Put it on my tramplers that got doubled by rocks. What, what trampler are you putting it on? Huh? Uh, uh, oh, you, well, your rocks pummeler or your jewel thief, which I've done a lot with jewel thief actually. Jewel thief, yeah. yeah. Jewel thief, yeah. Rocks pummeler. But yeah. I haven't had the opportunity with rocks pummeler. But the nice thing is. Yeah, like what? it's well, no, what I'm saying, like it's like six mana. Then you go to turn like the next turn, and then you have seven. So you dump six into it. So right, mm-hmm. all right. We're, we're, we're this is running kind of long. We have one more to do, and then we have to do our <laughs> set of awards. Yes, but I just want to tree. Do you fully believe cleanup crew is better than freelance muscle? Uh, that now that you've made the arguments, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. All right, cool. I just want to make sure. Um, <laughs> uh, just want to make sure. All right, 
compelling. Going into the final round, uh, Kosa's up by four points. I can't catch him. Oh my but, god, um, dude. <laughs> Um, but like he said, I did win game day. I just, I, I know we're running long, but I just want to make this point again. He won last game day in the pouty mode and won it. And then he oh won Friday again in pouty mode today. And yet he still wins the most relevant. Uh, all right. If you don't recognize the fact that I'm doing a bit right now, I can't. Uh, your, but, uh, your face is too I was defeated. not pouty Friday. I was not pouty. No, no, Friday, no, the first game day. The first game day. I was, oh my I was God. About, uh, it was the worst. Was about, you were, dude, it's so funny because you were getting so annoyed with me. I was. I, I have to wait 20 minutes to do another round, Henry. What's going on? And then when I go to play my opponent, he's like, nah, bro, I can't see it. I want to go home. I was like, perseverance. Let's do it. Um, but okay. But honestly, I am baking right now. I know it's um, hot. But, um, no, I feel like right. All right, all right. Let let's go. get this um thing on the road. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll go. Kosa right. got oh, uh, on the thing it says I oh I got the points yet because tree, tree changes mind. Oh yeah, yeah, Michael, right. go go go. All right, so uh, number one, uh, exotic pets. This is my personal pet card from the format. Get out of here! <laughs> get out of here with that. <laughs> Uh, I was so thankful he, I was like, oh, is he going to unmute for this? I hope he does. But no, Exotic Pets is a really strong card. It's, it's like instant speed, gather the townsfolk, but even better because it makes unblockable fish that get counters. Like More often than not, they're going to get at least a shield counter or a 1-1 counter. More often than not, both. Um, and uh, fish represent inevitability like Thanos. Uh, number two, Lagrella the Magpie. Uh, I, didn't, I thought she, she's like third on my... Uh, uncommon legend tier rankings when we did uh oh i didn't do the my original list my bad uh i did for my original list oh actually they only did two and then i added more after i moved it over i like quasa mr orfeo uh, who cares i already lost um so lagrella magpie at number two uh she like oh uh fiend hunter is one of your opponent's creatures and then puts your inspiring overseer or some other creature that connives or whatever underneath her so if they ever deal with her to get their creature back you have this new big threat they have to deal with that a creature that may have been outclassed in the, uh, in the middle part of the game, which is now a very relevant part in the mid to late game. If they deal with their, your Lagrella next up, I have darling of the masses. It, we talked about how many citizens there are. This thing pumps all of them. Makes your sky criers two ones, which just feels so good. Um, then also whenever it attacks, it makes citizens. And I, I, oh, I forgot to say this about pugnacious pugilist. Uh, anything that vaguely represents grave time. I'm all in. Uh, but yeah, drawing the masses. Um, if I'm in Bant, I want one punch my sky criers, makes more one ones blockers, which is um, very nice. Uh, next up, I have Quasa Augur of Agonies. Basically, if I'm like blue white, I'm like, oh, I want to be in Bant. But if I see a Quasa, I kind of also want to be an Esper. Like, because basically it's just like a light black splash. Like, maybe I pick up a Deal Gone Bad. Shattered Seraph's fine because it gets. Those games can get grindy, and it gives you a little bit of reach in the late game because you have a four-four flyer that also gains you a bit of life. Um, yeah, Quasar is another like inevitability. If they don't deal with it, it will eventually kill them. And then if you're also conniving and then drawing cards with Overseer and stuff like that, the the damage really racks up, especially if you're also picking in the air while you're doing so. And then next up is Discipline Duelist, uh, rounding out my list. Uh, the card's the most annoying card to play against. Double Strike has Shield Counter on it. Um, they put majestic metamorphosis on this boy too. It feels really uh, gross. So they put one one cat like turn three this turn four blitz my Claudia strong arm attack with my four three shield counter discipline duelist. It's just it's just so annoying. I can't say it enough to play against. And that's a it really informed a lot of my opinions like how much this card just wrecked me while playing. 
Whereas like when I played it and like, I think it's played awesome. But every time I did play, it, it felt very nice, but most of the bad memories, this card has left scarred into my brain hole. Um, but yeah, those are my five, uh, Acosta. Go ahead. Costa, you didn't unmute. You didn't unmute, Costa. No. Oops. Nah, there we go. So, right, leaving my, it in. Thank you. My picks last time <laughs> Cabaret Charm, Cormella, Glamour Thief, Nimble Larcenous, Exotic Pets, Stimulus Package. Uh, my new sheet. My pet card at number one, Exotic Pets, followed by Lagrella, the Magpie, Cabaret Charm, Ceremonial Groundbreaker, Darling of the Masses. Um, same reasons Micah said, I just found it a lot earlier, uh, and I love blue-white early on. So for those reasons, it's my pet card. Lagrella, uh, we were both, I think we kind of found out at the same time, uh, like how strong like br the Bant Brokers deck was. And then also like this card, once uh, you read it to me, because I didn't want to read that wall of crap text, uh, once you told me that, yeah, it takes one of their cards, takes one of your cards, but adds two counters when it comes back, I was like, oh yeah, I'm all in on this card. So uh, yeah cards amazingly strong a lot of times it also just eats tokens and then so you have a card under your creature right um and they don't want to remove it but a lot of times you just get the casualty out i mean i've done some crazy shenanigans with a gorilla really nice still pretty hard on cabaretti charm um even though uh cabaretti is just like i said hasn't panned out this card is still panned out i will splash this card in my broker's deck because i have access to it because this card just kills people like for the plus one plus one overrun alone and into speed is absolutely nuts. And then this tacked on actually a fairly decent removal spell. Um, and adding the servants, uh, or sorry, the servants, the uh, citizens, like goes really well with drawing the masses. Like I, I still love Cabaretti Charm. Uh, Groundbreaker, man, this card is just, I mean, this card is like nutty, nutty, nutty because there's so many citizens. The game, I meant to send you all a picture, by the way, it freaking, it glitched on me hardcore. I had one blue mana and I had, um, I had Obscura, um, Initiate and I didn't press like the skip through because it just went to attack. It didn't let me equip the, the ceremonial groundbreaker to my Obscura for the win. I was really annoyed by that. Still won, but the game glitched. Um, and then, uh, Micah really kind of pushed me towards Darling of the Masses, um, the two, four body and the fact that again, there's just so many citizens, uh, really nice card. So those are my five. Okay. All right. Um, judging this real quick. Uh, I have my uh, five list at, uh, discipline duelist, exotic, uh, pets, groundbreaker, and uh, quasar. But my one thing was Mr. Oreo. Oh, Mr. Oreo has done so well. Uh, like it's like because it says whenever you attack, you don't, you don't have to attack with Mr. Oreo. It's a it's a four mana two four, which is you know great. But the fact that you can just double the power of any creature you have makes it just incredible for any point in the game. You have your freelance monster attack with it, uh, double your power, then add I don't know, do stupid shenanigans with that. Um, and I was very sad that, uh, none of you, uh, had it. So I just wanted to give it its spotlight, but here, do you want to know why? Why? Because it's not brokers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, now here, um, it's between, uh, Quasar. It's on my list, but it's just another thing. Um, I think that like, I mean, you guys have almost identical lists. It's just what the groundbreaker, the, the charm, 
versus the Discipline Duelist and the Quasar. Oh, jeez. Um, you're both one card off, um, basically. But because I love the Groundbreaker, the Ceremony Ground, the Shovel, I think it's like one of the best equipments that's like been printed a, at a, an uncommon level. Like, like recently in the past couple years or like three or four years maybe even um the fact that it can like even in limited uh even if you don't have citizens you, you the two one trample because it gives the creature trample is not if it's a citizen give it trample it's just trample for that creature it's I, it plays I pretty think well i will not i will not blasphemy this and say it's locks on warhammer but it has a lot of similarities in the sense oh, that yeah. like the efficiency of this card and, and mm -hmm. turning everything into like a threat is is what I really liked about the the shovel. Very much so. And then you have your um your fishies that are unblockable, just keep smashing for three. Um, the like it's that that's what's bringing you up over uh the quasar. You know, um, the charms is great in itself. Um, and I love the duelist. Um, but I think the charm plus the groundbreaker is actually um a bit more than the plays a plus duelist here so coaster you're gonna I had get your top lot. card now oh, whatever i already lost um, <laughs> okay coaster is our champion at uh 21 to 16 uh we fought hard but we couldn't overcome him in the end let's get out some uh set awards boys so right. the very first award is the uh thieves tool award for uh Whoa. best or, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go over our proper definitions moving forward. Is that what you wanted to say? Yeah, let's do that. And, and I had a Reaper Talisman at first, but that's fine. So, oh my man, yeah, you're good. Um, it's on the left. All right, so we're gonna properly define it because like we've had a little bit of discussion about the quote unquote spirit of the award whenever we gave it to Thieves Tools and Reaper Talisman uh, back in uh, AFR. But so like we're gonna make it just straight up. The Thieves Tool Award is for best common in the set. And the Reaper's Talisman Award is for the best uncommon in the set. Um, Divine Gambit is... It's still Divine very Gambit nuanced. <laughs> it's, it's nuanced, but it's like a card we thought sucked, but it actually played out a bit better. But yeah, it's still... A, but it's, it went from, went from a 29th card... What's the... Like, how many cards? Like a 45th card to uh, a pack a pack three, last pick, whatever, however you want to describe it, to uh, a fine 22nd, 23rd card. Here, I, I'll put it, yeah, yeah, basically, that was the, the point. The thing I want to make is, we thought it was bad. If it makes the cut, it's not the end of the world. I think that's probably the... Alright, you said we again. Sorry, me. For the, spirit, for, for the spirit of the award. Uh, <laughs> Damn <yeah>. you! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That, uh, we have uh, the Inferno of the Star Mounts for biggest bomb. And then we have Season of Renewal for uh, uh, Most Underrated. So here's the thing. Yeah, so I I put in there, it could be... Was it the Most Underrated still? Is that what we define it as? I can't. Or Most Improved? We should, but you know, we're gonna make we're just we're gonna make it up right now because we're gonna either we're gonna add something in today as an award. So do you want it to be okay. Most Underrated or Most Improved? Most Underrated. Cool. So then we will decide what the Most Improved will be. So. All right. So, uh, Reaper's Talisman Award for Best Uncommon goes to Exotic Pets. Hold on, do we agree with that? Sorry, like I said, these are placeholders. So, do we agree? Oh, with I, I agree. I, okay. I totally agree. Okay. You put Discipline Duelist at the top of your list, tree. Stop <laughs> <talking> out. <laughs> Both sides. Um, all right. 
Thieves Tool Award for Best Common. Do we even need to talk about it? It's an inspiring uh, overseer. It might, it might it might be in front of the Star Mounts, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Cards and nuts, yes. Yeah, we don't need to go anymore. Uh, yep. All right. Divine Gambit uh, for the from poo-poo to meh award <laughs> uh, <laughs> is Crosa has his placeholder brokers an issue, which I actually think is a pretty good shout. Thank you. Uh, I was a little bit, I felt like it played out a lot nicer. People aren't excited to pick them up, but that it actually doesn't suck because, like, you still have like threat of activation on a divine gambit. <laughs> You're me. You're yeah, me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. All right. All right. We'll go with that. I like, I like that a lot. Hmm. Tree, are you down with that one? I'm just skimming through the rest of it just to make sure, but. Steamy files. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Ooh. Ooh. Halo Scar. What you got? Who? Halo Scarab. Halo Scarab. What do you think? No, Halo Scarab. No, Halo. After he wants that to be, he wants that to be the most improved award. No, no, I know. Yeah. I have, I have. I'm, I'm, it's I'm adding it to the consideration. It's like, wait, maybe. Okay, that's fair, know. fair. I think it's just, I think it's actually better than playable. I think it, it, in some decks is niche. That's that's why it's like it doesn't fit that. It's like not meh. I think there's times where it's really good, it's, but that's. I mean, that might just be me, but. What, but like, was was Halo Scarab like something like a lot of people were you felt a lot of people were down on, but it played out a lot better than. I think someone made an argument for the treasures, and that's why I think like it didn't quite like we didn't think it was bad. It just like it was like it just was it was kind of one of those cards, and then it's like oh like it's kind of useful in a lot of other decks. But okay, all right, then uh, I would agree. Brokers initiate. All right, Micah, I put I put this one here for you. I I don't know if you're gonna agree with that. So I'm. Uh, I was about to do like the whole freaking thing bit again about spirit of the, because I feel like it's like when we talked about like, like biggest bomb, like it's a card that actively wins you the game or right, the card that coast has in the placeholders hostile takeover, which I think is like, a, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's like guarantee kill your creature guarantee, save my creature. And then basically wipe the rest, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, basically it's like kill all creatures except one of mine. And then it gets to attack in as a four, four, if it was smaller. All right, before you say the card, can, can I guess the card that you have that's competing with it? What's that? Would it be a triple green uh, reach, <laughs> yeah. uh, trample, make a 4-4 rhino? Would it would it be something like a Titan of Industry? That, be the card? that one's up there. Oh. Uh, Sanctuary Warren's kind of up there. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look through, like, Lord Xander, maybe? And then, I wouldn't uh, say Lord Xander. No. Not over Titan of Industry, no. I feel like if we're talking seven mana spells, I'd much rather have Titan of Industry over oh, Lord Xander. Oh, very much so. Because mm-hmm. uh, you'd be playing the Bant deck. No, in in um, Limited, Titan of Industry will win you the game. And it lives through Hostile Takeover. <laughs> it does live through Hostile Takeover. I guess, I guess so, the, so I'll argue this point, which I'm kind of surprised. I really thought you would have gone with the Hostile Takeover. But anyways... Um, I had I had war I had warden and hostile takeover in the same deck as y'all saw. We should probably post that deck mm-hmm. list. It's very interesting. The takeover won the game. The warden was just something that people were scared of. Like you you can see it right. It's on the field. You deal with it. Whereas hostile takeover is like I didn't imagine you having a double white card with your uh, uh, Grixis deck uh, and end up winning the game more often than not. That being said. Titan of Industry is great, and this is more skewed toward today. I have a bro- I had a broker's deck today uh, where uh, I didn't run Titan of Industry because it was mostly green-white. Um, and the thing that I found really hard is even though I had plenty of splash in it, I did I, so I did play it at first, 
and I could it, I could never cast it. Like I had a very hard time casting it even late because of the triple green. That's my only argument is that the triple green actually matters more than the double pip. But I can totally get on board if y'all want Titan over hostile. So. Well, if you go back to a podcast two or three weeks ago when I talked about taking lands like second or third pick, no, I, no, I had no, I had no, I seven, you. I had seven splashes. I kid mm-hmm. you not, and it just it was that triple green was really hard. I think because like Titan of Industry does not profile to the kind of deck that Brokers wants to be, where it's like all in tempo. It's like your opponent just is like on the back foot the entire time. Mm-hmm. Where if like usually by the time you cast Titan of Industry and that's not a deck, they basically already lost, right? Which I could like get, but I feel like. This is like a situation where it's like, what's the biggest like, creature? I, I feel like there's a difference. Like, Titan of Industry, like, a f- a practically ends the game because, like, when it hits the battlefield, it's going to basically win you the game. Sure. Whereas, Hostile Takeover effectively ends the game because okay. when you get so much value out of that spell, that it's like, it's like you cast it, it doesn't say cast a spell, win the game, but what it does effectively results in you winning the game. Yeah. Uh, so, I kind of get that argument too. It's hard for me. It would be hard for me to pick Sanctuary Warden over Titan of Industry. No, definitely not. It, but, it, it, it's it's between like, those two cards. I, I feel like personally, I think those two. Cards, I mean, you can make a small case for Broker's Ascendancy for the fact that mm-hmm. the Guild is the best. Um, but I have seen Broker's Ascendancy like I've not I've pan it. out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm only between y'all two because of between those two cards the only thing i would say is that in the spirit of inferno of the star mounts being a creature they, have perfect. we had only creatures yeah. before in the past yeah i think all of them have been creatures right in the spirit of like you know keeping a creature it would be titan of industry if we want to just <clears throat> so mend that a little bit then it would be awesome so we went we went curve the boundless last time toxel the cross of the time before that and more crut he myth the time before the agon. <laughs> no, we didn't have Starmount yet. Oh, I didn't make the joke. I, I, I literally wrote it down on this thing. I, wrote, I was going to make a joke that Dustmanger would be better if we cast it for five mana. Yeah, I was so I wrote down Dustmanger and more crut behemoth. I was wondering if you were going to go. I was like, I'm kind of waiting uh, on this. So, all right. Oh, so we're doing the of the world. Uh, Titan. Samson's not here. So I'm leaning towards Titan because it's a creature. I put tits of industry accidentally. So Titan of industry. I mean, tits of industry. You know, let's. <laughs> it does fit thematically. I'm sure there were uh, a lot of brothels back then in uh, the gangster era. All right, all right. So then, season of renewal. We have said instead it is uh, still underrated. Correct. Um, Most underrated. Yeah. Most underrated. Like still. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, that's. That's the interesting one. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm, sorry, and this one. I'm trying to look at cards I picked that y'all didn't. <laughs> no, that's a good place to start. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. But then, like we talked about most of them. Let me. Uh, this is gonna take a second. Uh, I feel like it might be a multicolor card. I'm kind of on the same boat too. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to find the darn cards. Is the issue body here. dropper or snooping snoozy? I mean, we didn't talk about corpse appraiser day, but I wouldn't call that card underrated. No, this is that like maestros isn't the best, but it's like I actually think corpse appraiser is a trap a lot of times for people. I think people see how good the card, is. like it is, it's a really good card, but they like they're like forcing maestros because they have a body dropper, and I'm like, Ugh, like I don't think that's the card that should be pulled here. Um, unfortunately. Majestic would have been so easy. Oh, I have a card for you, and we didn't talk about this card at all. Now, I might again be on the only opinion about this card. Witness protection by far 
is not as unplayable garbage as LSV and them. Like like, the, the the argument they keep making about this is like it turns our creature into a one one so one one. Like yeah, but it takes their best creature and turns them into a one one. And a lot of times it's a creature that you really need to deal deal with. I mean, the fact that it even turns a fish into a blockable fish like that doesn't sound that great, but it is so flexible and at one mana card is very good in your multi-cast spells turns i i actually really think witness protection is still underrated i don't uh, think you need 20 of them in a deck but i think <coughs> in every good blue deck i have seen a witness protection like it's like the catch-all card for most creatures i specifically cited in the witness protection against titan ministry thank you like that's exactly <laughs> what it can do it's it's insane i, I think that's i go for you you never played. No, I'm on, I'm on board with this, by the way. But I just want because because the fact that he threw my name out there, I'm like, and how'd that go for you? Uh, I <laughs> never played it. Industry. I never tried the industry in game two. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I like hideawayed it to the hideawayed it. Is that how you said it? Hit it away. Hit it away. On my deck. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm like just like scrolling through. There's like nothing that I really excites me that makes me think protection. that like, maybe it's witness protection is the is the call. Yeah, like cool yeah i really like like witness protection i've been wanting to talk about that card and i didn't bring it up in blue and and because i was like i think and when i remembered i was like yes this card is uh really 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 underrated i had it on my list on the primer um (laughs) how many of you had it i did not you were the judge your list doesn't matter dang only your word my decision matters (laughs) all right well guess what i think costa is going to be the judge for dominaria Oh, God. United? Yeah, I guess. Um, Maybe, yeah. All right. Last um, one. Ready for the new award? The most improved card. I have as the placeholder, Rafine's Informant. I'll give you my reason, and and then y'all decide or whatever. Go through it. But I I saw it as a 2-1. Yes, it can trip. But I still didn't think it was going to be a player. Like I was like, oh, this will be nice. Like... I don't know. Like, I really didn't think it was going to be a player, and it's. I think the number two common or number three. It's number three common by seventeen lands. Like this card does a lot, so that's where I'm at with it. All right. So yeah, I think it was like when I first saw it when I started playing the set, it looked like a twenty to twenty third card to me. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now it's like my number two white common. I'd put it personally as my number four. I I put overseer. uh jewel thief rooftop nuisance above it mm-hmm. sure but it's a two drop which is super important and plus the whole uh how much uh i may uh Ill- illogically or irrationally uh loves like oh i just want to dig through my deck as much as possible see as many cards i can get behind rufine's informant yes i think by I just our two standards and, and and tree obviously make your point but i think like just those two standards of like we thought like 23rd to unplayable to top five at least five common in the set like that's a huge disparity of jump right so i was like that's most improved but um trey anything to add on any different cards i um i always so in in my line of of thinking for most of these formats i always want to see where the common two drops are uh what which one is them that which one of them are uh impactful which one of them important and uh uh, I felt Rafine's performance was gonna be up there. It's gonna be one of the key players, but uh, I didn't. I don't think I brought light to it uh, as much as I should have on the primer. Um, it was in the back of my mind because it was one of the few two drops that were actually, you know, good. It's not. It doesn't seem very exciting. No. Um, but 
effects like this is going to be very, very important. We we saw um, what's the one from Strixhaven, the uh, professor of symbiology, that was in like incredible, and that was that uncommon. And the fact that this is that common, I think, yeah, um, it 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 people like didn't pick up on it too much because it's like oh it's not learn it's not learn you can't get a free card out of it so it's just a loot effects you know but what we've seen the like red cards right they have this effect but it's just loot right the fact that this can get bigger is is so so really key and i would yeah i would go and agree that um rufian format um actually went up in a lot of people's books cool um here's a question for y'all do we add another reward I feel so, like there's one blatantly missing. I, I know, I know, but I wanted to see because we keep adding it to every set, and I thought about that too, and I and I wanted to save it for another. Like I want to do another set. You know what I mean? All right. The thing is, you made such a good argument for Corpse Appraiser. <laughs> I know, I know, but I wanted to save it for an, I want to save it for Dominaria. I like adding these awards. Add fun. one. The thing is, oh, we have you to can still give this. it. You can get. Can we give it and just not give it the title? Like yeah. Okay. Oh, you want? All right. Okay, guys. Yeah, so um, in the in the placeholder for a, it's going to be receiving a, it's not post. Um, how would you say this? It's going to be the name of the award is going to be named at the next set. But there's going to be we need to do most overrated card. And I feel like Costa made a phenomenal point about Corpse Appraiser, which in a vacuum, Corpse Appraiser as a card is absurd and limited. It's great, but it is a trap in that it's like so it. Pulls you into a deck you just don't want to be in. Pulls you into two of the weaker colors. If they, especially, I feel like there are like cards in red and black you'd want to splash, but you don't want them to be your base. And so, um, I feel like that makes it a trap. So, uh, Corpse Appraiser is probably the most overrated card in set. I, I'm pretty much on board with that because there's not mostly because of my line of thinking of two colors anyway. But I have seen a lot of people say like, "Oh, Corpse Appraiser." I'm like. It's good, but some people yeah. think it's the best uncommon. Really? In a vacuum. Really? Yeah. Would that be a uh, one uh, Red Shaver or? Uh no, I don't know his opinion. Oh, uh, it's like there's like some other people like, um, I think some like lure people thing. I don't know, okay. but then like, a lot of people is like, oh, it's it's because it's like a three mana three three that basically lets you do strategic plannings and exile something from their yard. It's so great, but it's like. The rest of your deck sucks. Why does it matter? This card would have been um, really good in like Midnight Hunt and stuff like that for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, like oh yeah. <laughs> well, all right, we've been going on for two and a quarter hours. Uh, Kosa, you have any picks? <laughs> no, I left the picks up. I, I will say uh, I don't have any picks. I might put on the list. Um, I just want to throw something out there. Bootlegger stash, uh, a card that people were like, oh, really bonkers, this and that. It's dropping, so at this point, I would actually just say sell your copies, and you'll pick them up. I think you'll pick them up. Like I, I made the mistake last week when I thought it was hitting the lows. Picked up a foil alternate art for like forty bucks. It's already like at thirty two. I think that card will drop like even down to twenty five. So trade it off or sell it, and then just pick them back up later. Um, the card is amazing, uh, but because it's in green, it's very fixed, which I'm really happy about. It doesn't go into like all the other artifact decks, like blue, black red white whatever so um i just have a sale for this week but uh yeah micah tell them about our uh, stores and take us home <laughs> all righty what did y'all think about what we talked about this week uh what are y'all thoughts on the best cards in new capenna limit let us know on twitter at mtg on tap pod or on facebook mtg on tap podcast 
And if you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate and leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Also support your LGS. Uh, shout out to uh, Alpha Strike. Shout out to Force of Will Gaming. Shout out to Junior's Comics and Cards. And uh, yeah, I'll do it. Tree, uh, I'd say thanks for being the Supreme Judge, but you know, you were so biased, I'm not gonna. Uh, but yes, uh, I will do it for this, the 70th edition of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I have been the Micah. He has been Costa. Tree, thanks for coming. I'll actually say it. But we will talk to you all next week. Cheers, Later. everyone. Cheers. Adios, mothers.